Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to another episode of Waking Up with the Prophet, where we wake up each and every weekday morning with virtual inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music to start our day. Not sure where you're listening from. If you're on your way to work, coming home from work, already at work, somewhere working out, maybe you called off work today. We still want to make sure that you're starting your day off the right way, meaning with the right people, right conversation, right inspiration, right mindset, right attitude, all that good, right stuff, because I just believe by faith that when you start your day off with a little God, with a little Jesus, with a little gospel, things tend to go a little bit better. With that being said, y'all know what time it is. It's time for us to go ahead and get song of the day. Join us now. Go ahead and ping somebody in the room. Go ahead and tag, tweet, share. You know what I'm saying? Listen, we are live with Waking Up With The Prophet, and we're going to go ahead and kick this thing on off. Let's go. Hey, you're looking at one. You're looking at one. You're looking at one. You have no idea what God has brought me out of. You can't even tell when you look at me. I've been in a season of miracles. This is... I'm 
everybody and welcome back to waking up with the prophet where we wake up each and every weekday morning with fresh inspiration motivation and a little bit of music to start our day not sure where you're listening from if you're on your way to work coming home from work already at work so working out maybe you called off work today maybe you're off work we still want to make sure that you're starting your day off the right way i mean you know what i'm saying with all that good excitement and all that good stuff with that being said let's go ahead and kick it into prayer you know what i'm saying y'all know how we start off each and every day y'all waking up with the prophet we believe in starting our day off with prayer. If you haven't prayed already, this is the time where we tap in and just give God honor and praise. All right, let's go ahead. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now for your grace. God, we thank you right now for your mercy, your love, and your peace. God, we thank you right now for all things working together for our good. God, we thank you that you woke us up this morning, oh God, with our right mind, oh God, with the activity of our limbs. God, we thank you that you woke us up this morning with a roof over our head, shoes on our feet, clothes on our back. God, we thank you that you protected our family, our children. God, we thank you, oh God, that you kept us, oh God, even as we slept and slumbered, God, that you provided for us, God. You shielded us, oh God, for all dangers, seen and unseen. We thank you on today. God, just for the grace of today, oh God, and the purpose that you have blessed us with and the assignment that you have on our life. God, we thank you, oh God, that we arise today, oh God, to give you glory, to give you honor, and to give you praise. Father, even as we go before today, oh God, we repent for every sin, transgression, and iniquity. Father, we ask that you are creating us a clean heart and renewing us a righteous spirit, that we may worship you in spirit and in truth, that we may be effective in our call and our assignment towards you. God, we ask that any person that we've offended, that we've harmed, that we've sinned against, God, we ask that you will cause them to forgive us. God, just as we forgive those 
those people, God, that has harmed us, offended us, sinned against us, oh God, put us in that, God. We ask, oh God, that you'll allow love and forgiveness, oh God, to uh, cover our mind, fortify our mind. God, cause our heart and our mind to come into alignment with your will, that we'll be able to be effective in all that you have called for us to have. God, we thank you, oh God, for this room and the people in this space. God, we ask that you'll cover their mind, oh God, cover their spirit even as they go forth on today. God, continue to supply every one of their needs, oh God. Continue to download into them the agenda of heaven, that they'll know how to move throughout the earth, that they'll be navigated through the corridors of life. God, we thank you, God, because even as we pray right now, we believe by faith that all things are working together for our good. Every weapon, every person, every possession that the enemy tries to use against us, God, we expose it right now in the name of Jesus. And we say, God, send it back to the abyss pits of hell. And we thank you, oh God, that as we pray, we believe by faith that it is so. God, we thank you, oh God, that you are not a man that you shall lie, neither are you the son of man that you shall repent, God, that when you speak something, it is good. And whatsoever you speak, it shall be so. So we thank you on today for the blessings and the grace of today. We thank you, oh God, for the anointing that you have placed upon us on today. Now, God, we ask that you will continuously move in this room, oh God. Move in this space, oh God. Every person under the sound of my voice, oh God, continue to allow them to be blessed on today, oh God. As they come in here to listen, laugh, and learn, God, allow them to be edified, educated, and elevated in the name of Jesus. And we thank you. Amen, amen, and amen. Whew. I'm sorry, I get a little excited. And this little puppy out here over here trying to ground. She be trying to pray in the realm by the spirit and fight with me. But guess what? Yeah, we're gonna we gonna tag team it out and we're gonna keep on moving. With that being said, though, I'm gonna go ahead and cut to our next song really quickly so I can get into the scripture of the day. Cause y'all know right at nine o'clock when people start bombarding this room, we'll never hear music again. And that'd be my favorite part. I love the songs, I love the music, I love to worship. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna go ahead and cut to another song, and then we're coming right, right back. Is that okay? Okay, perfect. Oh, <laughs> 
Prophet, are you having technical difficulties? I guess we probably keep, need to keep sending your song and I, I said. Pastor Charles, you don't want to hear me sing. Mm, Lord Jesus, help us all. Prophet, can you hear us? Because we can't hear you. Pastor Charles, I think me and you should just carry on until he worked out his uh, issues.
No, Zach, it's not your phone. I thought it was mine, too, because I left the room and came back in. So, uh, I don't know what's going on, but uh, I hope everyone is having a great and blessed morning. Glad to see y'all in the room. I don't know what's going on with Prophet O. Um, so, he must be having some kind of problem with his system. But Pastor Charles, let's start with the morning check-in. I'll start first. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is a cold day in Cincinnati. The temperature now is 54. When I left out for work this morning, it was only 39 degrees. The high is going to be 66 Breakfast is coffee as usual with my French banana, vanilla, but I'm adding a banana to it this morning. Need a little potassium in me, so I'm going to eat a banana. I am on five. I can't wait for the conversation. Let the dead bury the dead. That's a good one, Pastor Charles. That's a good one. Come pass it over to you. Good morning, Pastor Charles. Pastor Charles got a phone call. So anybody want to write how they morning going in the morning text, uh, let me know. If you want to come up, raise your hand. I'll bring you up. Maybe we'll have a conversation until uh, everybody gets back. Thank you. And I am at work.
Hey, Carlotta, good to see you, good to see you. I can't wait to meet you. We gotta find out a way to meet you. Go ahead, Pastor Charles. Listen, I, I just got, first of all, I, I uh, pushed the mic button and I started to talk and then all of a sudden someone called me and that was it. So have y'all been listening to my whole conversation? No, we couldn't hear you at all. None whatsoever. Oh, Lord. Well, I don't know what to say to that. Anyway, yeah, I guess it must have been technical difficulties. Was it, Did everybody, did it come back on? Or what I was going to say is he must want us to go ahead and sing, sing, keep singing the song. Oh, 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 my help. He must wanted us to keep singing it. So that's what it was. <laughs> that was all y'all pray for me. Anyway, um, what's happening? Go ahead, Jackie and Pastor Charles. Because like I said, you don't want to hear me sing. Oh, Lord. Well, good morning, everybody. And it is a good day. This is the day that the Lord has made it. Therefore, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Well, let me tell you, it's uh, today in here in Central Texas. First of all, school is out for whatever reason. I guess they have, they're trying to do something new here where they let you have uh, good um um breaks so like it's uh i guess it's almost the first quarter and people are as teachers are off and students are off so that's pretty good but it's 64 degrees at the moment here in central texas mighty savior after we've been having 100 degree weather all over the time and now we're down to uh low uh uh low temperatures here lower temperatures um but it's good i'm not complaining i'm just explaining um other than that, uh, things are uh, are pretty good. I'm just trying to maintain a uh, positive outlook for sure. Things are are uh, looking up. Got a couple of weeks of different things that's about to happen. We have uh, have my, the organization that I'm a part of. They're going to be actually meeting in clean with uh, at our church, and so I'm um, on the last week before they come. So they'll be here next week, and so we're making sure everything is solidified and our checklist is done. And uh, then uh, after, right after that, we're going to San Antonio. The, our organization is there, but I'm working with Joyce Meyer Ministries, and they're having a big thing there, uh, a women's thing. And so I get to be able to work that and be a part of uh, the volunteer corps um, that's there. So other than that, um, it's going to be just a busy uh, week or so. And right after that is our women's conference. My wife's women's conference, I should say. It's called the SLAY Conference, which st stands for Start Loving Amazing You. And that conference is going to be uh, like a Thursday through Saturday. And so it'll be another time of busyness. But, um, of course, busyness and doing business for the kingdom. Uh, we're doing our best. But anyway, it's a great day. And I hope and pray that everybody is uh, having a great day as well. God bless you. And uh, I turn it over to the hands of, of Dr. Lynn. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Pastor Charles, when is your wife's conference? Is it going to be on Zoom or Facebook or something? I would love to come, but you know, I ain't, my money, it, well, you understand. What do you see? What do you see? you your 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 change is strange, uh, Liv. Uh, it's gonna be it's not gonna be on online. Uh, yes, because we're doing it. Um, we you know we have tickets and stuff like that being sold. 
Um, we're having it more so it's going to be in person. So mostly it's a regional thing, but it's going to be November the 2nd through the 4th um, this year. So it's going to be good. And it's going to be at Kingdom Life Church, of course, in Colleen, Texas. I just want to know why everybody had a conferences and and everything else all around the same time. Like we can fly around the world. And yes, my my money is a little strange. Uh, I'm getting ready to go out of town in November, so uh, we're planning it on that. And I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, Bronda. Thank you for giving me that great encouragement in the chat. Oh, I found it right. I could kill a name. I can. I can. Forgive me. Forgive me. Don't blame it on my heart. Blame it on my brain. Okay. Elder, it's on you. Uh, I had stepped off, so I'm not where are we this morning. What's the topic of discussion? Check in. Check in. Uh, what's the temperature? What you having for breakfast? How you feeling on a scale of one to five? And uh, I think that's about it, ain't it, Pastor Charles? That's good. That's good. That's a good start. Well, I'm feeling fine. The uh, the temperature, weather outside is pretty much my time of year because I am a November baby so uh, the highest day in the 50s I'm in good spirit uh, shifting is going on so I'm tossing things around uh, in my in my spirit man God is speaking and all is well all is well with me um, I know I'll be doing homework most of the day because I have class tonight. So prepare for class tonight and tomorrow night. I'm a student. I started back to school uh, the first of September. Working on my bachelor's in pastoral care and counseling. Uh, I will also be going out of town next month for the first time to the state of Maryland. So I'm excited about that. And life is wonderful. God is great and amazing. And where I am, my do- we found out yesterday that my daughter uh, is in the top 10% of the, the college that her degree is out of at the University of Memphis. Her degree is in the Bachelor of Arts in the College of Arts and Science. And out of a thousand plus students graduating out of that college, she is number 91 and she will be graduating cum laude. So I'm excited. I'm thankful. This is the same daughter that the enemy tried to kill at birth. And she graduating in college and she finished in four years and didn't realize it. So I'm excited. I'm glad God is yet faithful to his word. And that's all. What's for breakfast? I know the answer, but what's for breakfast? Actually, right now, I haven't eaten yet. I drink a lot of water, so I guess water right now. 
because I have not eaten yet. A lot of times I don't eat till um, after certain times of day, three or later, because usually someone has asked me to pray or I'm seeking God on something, so I kind of do intermittent fasting all the time. So as of yet, nothing. Pastor Charles, what you eating for breakfast or you going out for breakfast? Well, when I go out, um, I'm probably going to, I don't know, I don't have a taste for Chick-fil-A this morning. I don't have a taste for it. Um, yesterday I had, uh, I went to Starbucks and I got a venti, caramel, iced caramel macchiato, extra caramel, upside down, took five packs of uh, sugar in the raw. And um, let's see, then I also got a, they have a really good uh, grilled cheese. I got a grilled cheese and I also got a cookie. And so that was my meal for the morning part of the day. So um, anyway, that, today I don't know what I'm going to do. What? Uh, so many choices, but I'm just trying to think. What am I doing? Maybe I'll have a kolache and some iced coffee or something like that. I think that's probably my, that might be my lot this time. Glory to God. If you put glory to God on it, it makes it extra spiritual. Okay, Pastor Charles. I'm not I'm not a Starbucks person, but I have one in my family and they hit me to the medicine bar. So yeah, I'm glad for this time of weather so I can go get me one. Because those things are so good. Uh we, uh, Prophet is having issues with his system. So, Prophet Jerry, I'm going to uh, throw it over to you. And I got scared. Oh, I didn't see you in the room. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to skip you, nephew. Uh, uh, JY, uh, we're sort of running the room. I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm doing the very best I can to help Prophet out. But you know the questions of the day. How you feel? One to five. Uh, what's for breakfast? What's the temperature? How you doing? Good to see you. Good morning, everybody. It is uh, 64 degrees right here in the suburban area of Austin, Texas. I have a high of 76. I have not had any breakfast as of yet. I'm getting ready to head into the office. I'm at a good four and a half right now, um, to be honest. Um, I didn't get the chance to talk about yesterday, but um, had a good service on Sunday. I had to preach and um, spoke about honor, um, how honor has left the building. People do not honor pretty much anymore like we were taught. We don't honor. The Bible speaks about honoring jesus and a lot of people want to bypass him uh, a lot in the um, bible speaks about honoring each other those that collaborate with you and also speaks about honoring your your leadership and so i kind of touched on that and it was um, a really great moment um but yeah i'm about to head into the office just really um excited to hear everyone's voice and things in that nature so um yeah uh, greetings to all and everything and such 
My fault. I was Stop it, you bad. Yeah, it had kicked me out when I tried to, you know, throw it over to you. But yeah, I'm throwing it over to you. Oh, my God. <laughs> he throwing it over to me. I didn't care the room. Oh, I didn't. You didn't hear me check in. No, we didn't hear you say nothing. You been in bed, man. I don't know. Been for a long. My whole check in. No, we heard. We Pastor Charles even said we must. He must want us to finish singing the song. We ain't heard the scripture, none of that. Y'all ain't hear the scripture? Now, most of us done checked in. We still got to hear from um, uh, Ebony and Essence and and, 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 and Papa Jeff. Child, I'm just most of here. us done checked in, boy. You late. You late I'm... to your own party. Well, hey, long as y'all care the room, I don't even mind. Because I'm over here just talking. And getting dressed. I didn't read my scripture. I didn't read my check-in notes. Lord have mercy, Mama Leah. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> yeah, all pray for me. I've been moving. Let me go ahead and check in and throw it over to whoever's next. Um, I'm on a good ten today. God is literally just blessing me. I'm on a good ten today. Um, I had a busy weekend. Um, of course, we had revival all last week. Um, I got inspired just by seeing you know, seeing um, twelve year old Hilton Ross the third. He came in there preaching, and let me tell you, he's a little bougie. You know how some of these preachers they just come in and preach, and no, he's a little bougie for a twelve year old preacher. But hey, with TikTok, watch it, that's up. my nephew. Hey, watch Pastor it, Jerry, I that's love him my nephew, Pastor Jerry. I watch love it. Damn. I still got to send his daddy his pictures. I love him to death. But I said, oh, this man that came in a Sprinter van is just two of y'all. Hey, Prophet hey, hey, Jerry, don't keep you saying that. Prophet Jerry, don't you talk about that's your that's your nephew. Cause, uh, okay. All right. He's he been learning stuff, huh? He's been learning stuff. Listen. Let, listen. Me, let me tell I you. I'm trying to get like him. Let me tell you. His father and his grandfather yeah that's what they say his grandfather they are from newark new jersey the hilton rolls second and hilton rolls their whole family absolute my father they used to play for them like the goat. His, his granddaddy is holiness yeah holiness is and their whole family can sing their whole family can preach that's and crazy. i was supposed to do some some uh his father called me and said he wanted me to start training him prophetically and into because he understands how to speak to youth. Yeah. But now his audience is getting broader. Yeah. So now he I, he's I'm getting ready to start training him on how to prophetically speak to adults. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Cause I'm telling you, it was amazing. I got inspired by it. I'm talking about then Pastor Flipper tried to give him the raise of offer. The daddy said, uh 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 we nah, we trust him with the word, but we can't he can't trust him to raise an offer just yet. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And that's some of the things that his father wanted me to impart into uh, him on how right. to do that. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Man, I tell you, I was so 
inspired. I was so inspired. And it took me, you know what I'm saying, all weekend to actually get myself together because, man, I did double duty last week. I had a conference during the daytime, which is the, um, the NACS. And then, of course, we had Revival that week. And there was some great um, preachers there, like um, this guy from Mississippi. He was there. Another dude out of uh, Texas, Beaumont. Yeah, Pastor Charles, dude out of Beaumont, Texas, named um, John Adolph. I'm talking about I came in there and shut it down. I said, okay, Texas got them preachers for real. <laughs> so, yeah, it was an amazing experience, man. It was an amazing experience. And then yesterday had to go in and we recapping after all of that because y'all know Mondays aren't just um, weekend rewind here, but that's a natural thing where, you know, I got to go in with ministries and discuss stuff. We had our first staff meeting yesterday and literally the whole time I've been there. So I've just been on literal 10 right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm thanking God because what he's doing in my life, seeing that process. You know what I'm saying? Because Pastor Jerry, like I was saying earlier, I was there. I was one of those young preachers. You know what I'm saying? You go, I don't know if YouTube was really popping back then, but even some of my older, you know what I'm saying, stuff in 2011, just preaching as a young man, but at the same time, having to go through life, having to go through college and stuff like that. Sometimes your faith waver, but seeing that young man, you know what I'm saying? And seeing the people that are around him and all of that, I was like, oh man, that's a whole different level of fire and purpose that it put, that was put behind me. So I kind of got excited about it. Ain't cap. I got excited. Hello, Prophet. When y'all talking about this young man, it is good for me to hear that that level of training in a family is still going on. Yes. That's what I was brought up in. They, you know, they trained you on the job. Yeah. And, it, and they, it like they, the young man said, you know, he didn't know how to raise an orphan and the dad said, uh-uh-uh-uh, he ain't quite ready for that. <laughs> it's good to see that's still going on. You know, sometimes you think you're the only one in the bunch. Yeah. And it's good to see that's like, no, he's not quite ready for that. He will be, but not right now. So mm -hmm. let us handle that, and he do that, and it's wonderful. It's wonderful to hear it. It is. It that, is. That, that, that level of maturity going from generation to generation and to know, mm -hmm. okay, I, I don't, I'm not good. I'm not well-versed in that area, or I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I, need, I need to get somebody else that does that stay cup of tea. Yeah. Ain't nobody's no shade. Ain't nobody upset. Ain't no, but that's their cup of tea. So I'm gonna send, I'm gonna send my seed yeah. over there, cause that's what they specialize in, to get that, yeah. and then so they can be better, and do greater, as the word said, and greater works. And you know, I love it. Love it. You're completely right, cause I mean, ain't gonna cap. And Here, let, even let me tell you this, prophet. I tell you this, prophet, and this what, and what, let me tell you what bothered me. Let me tell you what bothered me, and 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 I called his father and told him that I was upset, but he said, "Don't worry about it." Um, Larry Reed had a clip of him a couple months ago, and he was preaching somewhere, and the comments was like, "Oh, this is rehearsed. Somebody is doing this." Blah 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 blah. But let me tell you something about H three. One, it's real. Two, his father don't give him notes. He studies. Fact, fact, Th fact. Three, three, his parents keeps him with a balanced life. Yes, yes sir. Trust his yeah. parents. He's he's in school. Yeah. He loves to play. He they keep him with a balanced life. 
And that young man has more anointing in his pinky toe than a lot of grown <laughs> preachers that's been preaching <laughs> yeah, for 30 I that up, years. Sir. I picked it up. You got I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. He's been preaching since he was like five years old. Since, since he was young, coming out of the room. He loves God. He's sincere and his anointing is pure. That's good. So yeah. what you saw was pure anointing. It was not rehearsed. It was not given to him by his parents. Mm-hmm. That was given to him by God. And his parents protect him from all the buffoonery and foolishness yep. that's going on. Yes, he's a kid. Yes, he's balanced. And they keep him balanced. And one thing H2 does, he doesn't allow him to do things that's above his, his what age, I've been right? teaching. Yeah. Come his on, met, his Come metron. On. Yeah. What his ability is to do. Yeah, that's good. That's anointing. That's parenting. That's true grace. Yeah. That's right. wonderful. I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's what I was brought up on. That's why he who he gonna be he gonna be he a beast now, but his level of being a beast. Whoo, I can't wait. Right, that's I'm what I was excited. gonna say. After he, after he goes through that process of being processed, you know what I'm saying? That process of being processed, you know what I'm saying? He gonna get it because I ain't even gonna cap here at 30. I still be looking at people like, uh, I don't know how to take up no offering. I ain't finna get up there and do that. Prophet, you know what I'm saying? I'll be, and I'll granted, be happy to be an altar worker when he preaches. Just right, be I'll, I'll be happy to just be at the altar all working, I want to do. take the pictures. <laughs> But it is amazing to see that training, though, for real, for real, because I believe that, you know, that's what type of ministers and leaders that we really, really do need. So that was one of the well, highlights. Probably, it was lit. The yes, first, yes, ma'am. The first time I seen a video of him, I sat there and watched it three times. I'm like, <laughs> who is this grown man in this little bitty body? Right. <laughs> with this big old voice. Who is this? Yep. <laughs> and I started trying to keep up with him because he just blew me away. I was like, my God, he know more of the word than the grown folks do. I'm going to leave it right there. Sure enough, dude. I'm telling you. Because you got stupid grown people that think it's just supposed to stop with them. I'm like, who told you that? What Bible you read? Show me that in the word. Where it's supposed to stop with you. Show me that. It's stupid. That's stupid to even think that bumfoolery to even go there. Listen, let, me, let me go ahead and finish this check in, and then I'm gonna throw it over to whoever's next. Cause I, I'm gonna tell you, that was the highlight of my weekend. I don't know who was it. Well, yeah, it was just me, Mama Lynn, and um, Pastor Jerry here yesterday, and we're gonna hop back on that topic too because it was a powerful topic yesterday. But that was one of the highlights of my weekend, and ever since then, it has just been inspiring me to stay in God's purpose. Um, and just continue to chase him because normally, you know what I'm saying? I have my own plans. I try to do things on my own sometimes, but then as I continue to trust God and be led by God, you know what I'm saying? He's processing me and I'm thankful, you know what I'm saying? Because as I look back over my life, I see where I was just that that 12-year-old boy who just wanted to be used by God and still had to be processed. And sometimes, you know, I ran away from it. Sometimes I stayed in the fire, but now being here and walking in it, I thank God for it. So with that being said, the weather is 65 degrees right now here in Atlanta with the high of 82. Y'all know the fall weather then came on in. So I'm finna go ahead and wear a hoodie now. But by the time three o'clock hit or noon hit, I'll be taking off this hoodie and probably where am I waking up with the prophet shirt because I'm gonna be at church. Um, As far as breakfast, ain't no breakfast right now. Like I said, y'all know my 
my table down there looked like a whole convenience store because I went to the NACS uh, conference last week, which is the National Association of Convenience Stores, which means every brand that was in the gas station was in that conference, like in that center. They was trading gas prices. They was doing all kinds of amazing stuff. And I walked around with a whole wagon and was collecting stuff. I was just collecting stuff. I got a whole table down. My kind of, of profit. Yeah, yeah, hey, God, hey, God gonna continue to bless me. I'll be thankful for it. But yeah, that's my check-in. That's my day. That's how everything is started with me. Um, for everybody who went here yesterday, I miss y'all. I miss y'all. I miss y'all. But pull the refresh you, y'all. It, Mama Lynn, who went on next to check in? I think it was uh, who? Ebony? Prophet Jerry. It's uh, Ebony. Ebony. It's Ebony, then Essence, and Prophet Jerry. Okay. Thank Ebony, you, Jerry. Thank you. It, it, it would be Prophet Jerry, but. It would be Prophet Jerry, but he's on a phone call, so that's why I said Ebony next. Okay, well, Ebony, it's on you. Hi, good morning, y'all. I guess Roman wants to check in, too. You saying good morning? Good morning, little man. He looks so handsome on that picture y'all took of him the other day. Thank you. Look at my handsome man. I got one that's going to blow y'all away today. It's a picture of him and a picture of my husband a few months older splitting oh i saw that picture on facebook that is that yeah wait a minute wait did brian post it you talking about today you posted something with the both of them oh no no you talking about rain and roman i'm talking about my husband i got you okay i thought you i thought i don't know why i was thinking about that was rain and roman okay yeah rain and roman around the same age is kind of scary but my husband and roman around the same age ridiculous my mother-in-law got the picture out yesterday but anywho um it is 52 degrees it's gonna be 68 um on a one to five i'm a four and that's only just because i'm tired um i tried to be a big girl last night and be grown because i had no kids we went and saw the new saw movie which was really great um and i have to go to the movies during the week more often because wasn't no kids in there right it was it was yeah way more peaceful (laughs) Uh, wait, wait, wait. I mean, it was a few like, like young. This was in the Saw movie. Okay, they brave. I'm grown. I can't fool with that, and I'm grown. No, no, no. I'm saying they really weren't like kids. Oh, okay. Um, say, look- you know, today was a, it was a school night. They didn't have school yesterday, but they had to get ready for school. So oh. it was good that you know wasn't a ton of kids in there. But Saw is not scary. Saw Saw movies are not like horror movies. I don't like horror movies. Um, Saw is more of like a it's a psychological thriller, which is why I love the Saw series. Um, I, and I've been I, waiting. They start getting too grudgy to me. All that blood. I mean, you gonna see blood. You gonna see blood. You see all of that. It's, it's definitely gory. Yeah, it's gory. You're gonna get you're gonna get some gore in the traps and stuff. Um, but that that doesn't do nothing to me. Um, I'm a full paramedic trying to see brain matter and some more stuff. Yeah. Like Ebony was a mortuary science person or something. Right. I, I really was going to go that route. I really was. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Look I, at that. See? <laughs> yeah. When I was I was a kid, I really did want to go that way. But um, so let's see. Breakfast. Nothing yet, but I got some muffins in there that I'm probably going to eat. I did start drinking a little bit of iced coffee. Um, I got the boy up. Get ready to get him going to get his breakfast together. Weekend highlights. I, y'all, I, I wasn't in here, what? Friday, yesterday. Um, yesterday, we had parent-teacher conference. And although yesterday was not technically the weekend, the highlight of my life came yesterday. 
um sometimes you do things with the kids and you go through things with your kids and it feels like super in vain especially when you have kids who have special needs who have medical issues whatever um you can do things and sometimes it feels like the kids are not listening or it's not working well i went to a parent conference teacher yesterday and i mean a yeah a parent teacher conference yesterday and discovered that my daughter um on her standardized test that i was so worried about i'm like how do y'all standardized test kindergartners um it's not like they're sitting down at the desk though like bubbling stuff in it's like they have to do stuff on the computer with the teacher nonetheless they expect all kids in general education to score um at minimum a 305 okay my daughter scored a 352 which means that she read words that are on a second grade reading level i had no clue no clue y'all that she could read as good as she is reading and it's because my daughter has an amazing photographic memory Mm. i can we can drive somewhere right now and my daughter could walk the whole way we drove like her photographic memory is insane and i honestly think that is her autism superpower and i honestly think that is what's going to carry her through school even when she does not fully understand that photographic memory it it is it is top notch and so i'm really really thankful um she did great on like the shapes the math portion um she did amazing but she scored the highest of all kindergartners in her class mind you she's in an autism program she is in what is considered special education and she scored better than the regular gen ed kids who talk circles around her while they doing tiktok dances my daughter's reading so it lets me know that i'm doing something <laughs> come on right. now <laughs> i'm doing i'm doing something right. right and you know sometimes it can be so frustrating but that that did it for me that that right there that did it and it just reminds me of the days when people used to tell my mother i was such a square she needed to let me go trick-or-treating and all that my mother was like no she likes to read she likes to do this she likes to do this this is what i'm gonna let her do my friends was going to stay over everybody's house my mother wasn't having it and i hated her as a kid for it but now as an adult i appreciate so much the protection that she provided in that sense anyway um because it 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 brings me up and i still love it shoot i'm on my my third degree (laughs) so i love school and to know that my daughter does just means so much to me so that that by far i think was the the highlight of my weekend whatever it was um yeah highlight for sure um baby boy has six months shots a little bit later so i am um, being really nice to him because he's not gonna like me later on so (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's that so i'm here i'm listening and i'll be around that's what's up that's what's up well since you like mortuary science and seeing brains and dead people you might be able to help us out with this conversation of why church people are so spooky about death and funerals and stuff but essence i'm gonna throw it over to you so you can go ahead and check in Loop. good morning good morning it is 44 degrees here in not too far from Mama Land, so from maybe a maybe a teach warmer down in Cincinnati, but I it probably ain't that much more warm. It's forty four up here, up seventy five north. Um, I am at a five today. I feel really good. Um, I made a decision yesterday to release something that's really no longer serving me. <laughs> um, and so I did it, and I feel good, and I peace about it, and. I'm excited to see what's to come. So, um, so yeah, so I feel really good. 
Um, Emery's doing well. Our weekend was good. I worked this weekend um, with the church. So check this out, right? So the church I've been going to, my uncle goes there too, which kind of put the nail in the coffin of why I would, you know, kind of join that church. My uncle goes there. So I got some family. Plus some other uh, church, you know, church family that went to my old church as well for a while. So anyway, we had generally had 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s day on Sunday because it is clergy appreciation. Most they're doing a different theme every Sunday. Beloved. I'm about to share this picture, but when I tell y'all my uncle understood the assignment, I walked, my uncle was an usher, and I walked in and saw him on the door. I saw this fro in his shirt, and I buckled over and cackled and laughed. When I tell y'all, he was dancing. I forgot what song. They were singing some old choir song, some 90s choir song, and I couldn't remember. Pull the refresh. Um, I couldn't remember what they were singing, but he was jamming. At the door, jamming, and then I looked at the fro in his shirt. I said, it's well, Larry, Ice, you understood the assignment. It's that wig for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like, whoa, Ebony, that's so eerie. Okay, I'm going to keep talking. But anyway, um, they clearly, my uncle clearly understood the assignment. Um, and so I was so appreciative. So church was good Sunday. Um, one of my old church babies actually rededicated her life and came back and restored her membership. So I was happy about that. Um, I've been knowing this little girl since she was, ooh, Ayana was like four or five. She was little. Um, so I've been knowing her and her siblings for a while. I know her, you know, me and her dad and her, uh, uncle around the same age and all that good stuff. But anyway, um, so yeah, that was dope. Um, so that was my highlight this weekend and we got this brisk of cold. So I had to hurry her up to the store and get Mr. Emery something a little thicker, not quite a coat coat. So we not ready. We are that winter coat yet, but we are at, he needs a little bit of a heavier jacket. So I had to run to church's place and get him something, um, on Sunday for today. Cause it just, it's, it's been cold. Um, Let's see here for breakfast. I don't know what I mean. Well, no, I had a cheese Danish. Sam's Club makes really good cheese Danishes, so I got a cheese Danish. Um, and I ate that. Um, and also, yeah. And then I had a really good, and I'm I'm, I'm talking because I'm just, stuff is coming to mind. I'm talking. I also had a really good doctor's visit last week. She said, my, all my numbers look good, um, which pales in comparison to right before I left Memphis um, because my sugar was climbing. My one thing was climbing. Um, and my cholesterol, the bad cholesterol was way high. The, the, the good cholesterol was low. So those of us who are medically trained know what that means. Sis was on her way to a heart attack stroke or whatever the case may be. Um, but I thank the Lord that when you leave stress and let the stress go, <laughs> that everything falls in line. And that's what seemingly has happened because my numbers are the best that they've been in a long time. Um, wise. And so, you know, I just was like, Lord, I thank you because I was on my way to, I was on my way to death's door. Clearly I was in May a few months ago. I was on my way to death's door because I had blood work done literally two weeks before we left. Um, and you know, to not, uh, to not necessarily have that stress on me or be in a stressful situation because I was in a very stressful situation. Um, with some people, <laughs> namely my, my son's folks. I was just in a very stressful situation. I had to go. Um, and so God has definitely, my body is responding better. I, my numbers are good. And I just thank God because I was on my way to the grave, literally. So 
Yep, yep, yep. So I feel good. I feel great. Um, and just excited to hear the conversation. That's what's up. That's what's up. Shout out to Unk in that wig, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't hear that. The essence, uh, elder lives in Toledo, and she moved from Memphis too. So yeah, uh, y'all mo- both moved to. You moved back home, and she moved to Ohio around the same time. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah it's an interesting learning experience in Toledo because it's super slow. Mm. All right, uh, uh, Pastor Jerry, it's on you. Go ahead and check in for us. How you feeling this morning down there in Florida? I'm feeling with my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Prophet, this, let, me, let me tell you how God works. In the midst of me to us talking about H3, I got a phone call in the midst of us talking about him from his father. (laughs) Literally, literally, his father called me and asked, was I coming? He said, so are you coming in town this weekend? So I want to meet up with you and have dinner. I said, bro, I was just talking about you and H3 in the room. He said, who are you talking about? I said, yeah, you you was just at Reverend Fleming's church and a young man in clubhouse said, who was the young man? I said, a young man named Prophet Omarius. Um, He uh, like a skinny guy. He says, oh, the one that took the pictures. Right. (laughs) Yeah, so he said they enjoyed themselves. Yeah, but here in uh, Florida, it's what, uh, 61 degrees here in uh, uh, north central Florida. I don't know what, what it's going to get, but lately it's been a little chilly in the mornings, which I absolutely love. I absolutely love this chill. Because um, you uh, know, chill ain't our chill up north. When I tell you, when I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm still wearing shorts, you know? <laughs> I'm still wearing shorts, where to God. And uh, yeah, so I, I of course, I, I still have my Starbucks coffee in the morning. Uh, don't do too much breakfast. Uh, took my daughter to school. The Lord blessed us. Um, the favor, let me tell you about the favor of God. Uh, quick testimony. Um, it is testimony Tuesday, praise God. Um, we were looking for my daughter, a daycare uh, in this area. And everybody wanted at least, at least um, $1,000 a month, at least $1,000 a month. And with That's that, that's they had right. they had no space, right? Nobody had space. Um, in the little, t- I, I live in a town within a town, so it's like when you drive into the city, um, you turn into my town. That's inside of the town, and in that town, there's a daycare facility. And we went over there, and they were all full. Everybody else was all full. So, make a long story short, um, one couple about a month or so ago um i was ministering and preaching and one of the late mothers of the church invited us out to dinner after i ministered so we went to dinner and one of the ladies that was at uh at the dinner table uh sat next to my wife and my wife was talking about yeah we love it here but we can't find a daycare and so the lady that sat next to my wife she says well i'm a director at a daycare she said oh and so because she was a director at the daycare, we went to the daycare the next day and we toured the daycare, which is inside of the church. 
went there, loved the daycare. I asked her, okay, now this is beautiful. Now, how much is it going to cost us a month? She said, well, here um, they pay $820 a month. But because you are an elder and a minister at our church, I'm offering you, here's the, here's the great news. I'm offering you 50% off. So you'll be paying half of that a month for your wow. daycare. So Prophet Jerry is paying $400 a month. Won't he do it? K-Baby Shay. K-Baby. Hyundai, Hyundai Cadillac. Huh? Huh? Honda Reese PC Mitsubishi. Huh? <laughs> you just made me think about something. Huh? Now wait till you finish. You just made me think about something. Because something is <laughs> my But that is $1,000 a month. I'm that telling you. Keep in. Mm, that's the cheap end, exactly. That's the cheap end, because even exactly. when we were in Memphis, where Memphis was going, Elder, I don't know if you permit. Well, you left Memphis. You was in Memphis. Emory was going to Porter Leith, place called Porter Leith in Memphis, and really good facility, brand spanking new, really nice. They do great work. And had I not had assistance, it would have been two fifty a week, two forty five a week. You right, you right. Yeah, two forty five a week. Yep. And even here, when I got back, Kinder Care. Right, Jerry. I know you've heard of that. Probably. Yes, Jerry. absolutely, they absolutely. Yeah. For, for Emory being almost three, they wanted three thirty a week. Yeah. So daycare is not yet. But go ahead. I mean. Yeah, but that, that that's just my testimony of what the Lord has done, and I'm telling you. But but let, let me just say this, and I'm I'm going to end. Whenever God gives you an assignment. Whenever God tells you to do something, at first, it's not going to make sense. If it makes sense, it's not God. Come on now. If it makes sense, it's not God. Whenever God gives you an assignment, trust and believe me, God is going to make sure he provides every single thing. Ooh, I almost spoke in tongue. Every single thing that you need. That's good. You're right. But guess what? It has to be in God. You can't do this on your own. You can't do it on your flesh. You can't say, well, I think he told me. No, 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 no. You have to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that this is what God has you for you. This is where God sends you. Because I'm telling you, his love won't lead you where his grace won't keep you. Let mm. me say that again. Mm. His love will not lead you That's where good. his grace will not keep you. I'm telling you, God makes ways. So if you feel that tug to do something from God, first of all, whenever God tells you to do something, one, it's going to be in the most inconveniencing time of your life. Two, it's going to be the most craziest thing you ever heard in your life. Three, it's not going to match with what you feel like you have in your budget or in your financial pocket. I'm telling you, it's God who wants you to launch out. So that's my morning, uh, you know. Yeah, that's it. I love y'all. Mega love. I'm listening. That's good, Prophet Jerry. Thank you so much. I received that. I received that. That's the whole truth, Prophet Jerry. The whole, <laughs> old truth. Real quick, Prophet, I don't mean, I want to before no, slide in. Prophet Jerry made me think about something else, too. Um, because, so check this, right? Anybody who know me, I <laughs> didn't fuss it about Emory Thinker. But she gives great value, so I don't mind paying it. But at the same time, God dog it, right? So, 
I literally, she had been telling me, hey, you know, we are a partner site with the Head Start program here. Get in, get in, get in. So what's funny is I initially applied for Emory. I initially applied in the summer before I found this daycare. And so I applied in the summer and they were like, no, you make too much. You make too much. You're over income. We ain't got no spots. He's on the wait list for at least a year. Okay, fine. Thank you. You know, don't put him on the wait list because by next year he can, I'm not going to worry about it. And so um, I get him with the current daycare. Um, absolutely love it. You know, they, they, they use a great, they use the same curriculum that, you know, the school, the, the, the school district use here for the pre-K program. A lot of pre-K programs use the same curriculum. So great. And got him in, we was doing good. You know, bless the thing is my mom was able to get her a little part-time job through the daycare. Cool. Great. And then she's like, well, Chapa Head Start again. So I talked to a different person because she's a partner with the same Head Start program that I applied for Emory for. Um, and she is, um, so she was like, I was talking to her. She's like, well, you're over income. You know, even with your W2, you're over income. Yada, yada, yada. And I said, you know, just talking to her kind of lamenting, like, you know, it's frustrating. I said, why don't y'all have more over income spots? She said, well, we cater towards low income and they who need our services the most. I said, well, and eh, eh, no, there's those of us who barely making it, who make okay money, but expenses are what they are and don't qualify for any assistance. And we happen to figure out how we go, you know, up until these kids start school, just go from there. And so, um, so I was just letting her know what was going on with me. And then she called me back like two days later, like, didn't you tell me that you were, you know, and then described my living situation. I said, yes. That's exactly what's going on. She said, well, we may be able to get him qualified through another means, through the program. So literally, long story short, Emory qualified. He doesn't. He gets to stay at his current daycare, but he qualifies for the Head Start program, which is taking my fees down drastically. She told me yesterday when I talked to the, uh, to the director, she said, don't pay nothing yet. I'm waiting on them to give me final numbers because I guess what she sees a partner, what they do is reimburse her for that spot. Instead of having the kids physically in their school, they reimburse her for their spot. And so literally Emory being qualified for Head Start literally has taken my cost down dramatically. So I thank God because I literally asked, I said, Lord, I thank you for the means to do this. Yeah. And if you can make some shake, <laughs> go ahead make this shake because this is a whole lot of money i went from paying a hundred because of you know some assistance i got in tennessee i went from paying 170 dollars a month to 1100 dollars a month that is a any parent knows that is a huge jump so i thank the lord even then that his costs have come down and that's something i don't have to worry about because that was on my back and that was stressful every month but god worked it out so much so because i love his daycare i love the value that they give i love the director and not to mention you know one of my high school friends worked there um in addition to my mom being able to get a job so god has been blessing in that regard so that's just another testimony as well especially with this move to how god is just turning things around and answering prayers because i was just like lord i thank you i got it Every time I had to pay her that six hundred dollars every two weeks, thank you, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for providing. However, uh, sir, <laughs> I just need to come down. So I thank the Lord. You know, he's in a good, he's in a good environment. You know, the teachers are good. The teachers are great. The daycare director is great, and not to mention he's qualified for some other services, which is taking my cost down dramatically. So. Just another prayer request. Not a prayer request, but another praise report since it's testimony Tuesday. 
Quick question. Why is public school free and daycare so high? I don't understand it. It's because people don't think, people think that early learning is a privilege. That is a privilege to be able to put your kid in early learning when that but is the most important kid, time. But they want, but they want the kids to go to Head Start. They want the kids. But the to thing with Head Start, Start is, is geared towards low income families. The idea is that those of us who are middle class and above can should be able to afford it when that ain't always the truth. Okay. I ain't never, I never thought that makes sense either. Cause I'm like, when they go to kindergarten and first grade and third grade and stuff like that, that that's school, that's free, right? To go to school. <laughs> but then when they're in daycare, you gotta pay all these hundreds and thousands of dollars for somebody to watch your baby. I would be like, uh uh-uh. uh. I'm yep, taking yep, three yep. years off. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Which is why I saw something on and I'll send you the video profit because I sent it to I have it saved on my phone, so I sent it to you. They were talking about on MSNBC uh, that if they don't do something about the the extra, I guess the COVID relief child care funding is supposed to run out. And so that that's going to affect millions of mothers who have now been in the workforce and they view it as a privilege and not, they view, view it as a social something aid. They review it as social aid and not necessarily an economic issue when it is because you have, you know, mothers who are going to have to drop out of the workforce because of, you know, this funding that they've given now is about to fall because Congress don't want to vote on it. And so don't want to put it in a budget to where these child care centers, I'll find the video and send it to you. But it was just a really good thing to talk about how necessary child care is not only for working parents, but particularly, especially when they turn two. You know, but definitely from birth to five, that is the most important time because that's their foundation. You know, that's putting those things into place so that when they're ready to go to kindergarten, they are ready and on target to start learning. Um, and so I'll find the video, but they were talking about, you know, with this move, if Congress don't do something quick, that is going to cause a pitfall in our workforce because there's so many mothers who are going to have to quit their jobs, you know, because of not having adequate child care. Also, the cost, right of, the, I said the cost of food also probably plays a part in it. Uh, Baby, well, these girls, you know, these crumb statues so will eat you out of house and home and then some. Bruh, listen. <laughs> it's truly important for them to start at that age, too, because I feel like a lot of the kids now just does, especially social skills now. So they know how to really interact with each other. It's like, like two dogs seeing each other for the first time looking weird. So I think, yeah, definitely daycare is definitely pivotal at that at that young age so they can prepare I mean, themselves. I definitely think it's necessary because y'all know me. Um, I, be, I believe in being a support to anybody around me, in the community around me, even my neighbors. Y'all know at one point I was watching um, the little baby boy named Mason uh, because his parent, well, his mom, she's a single mom and of course she was working, you know what I'm saying? And she could not always watch the North Shore daycare. So I started watching and I was like, yeah, just give me like $100 a week. Same with Sienna. Her parents, you know what I'm saying, was having well, I wouldn't say having issues, but they was at work, you know what I'm saying? And they couldn't afford to just be taken out of daycare, so they would pay me just to watch it. And I said, I don't mind. But then when you think of, you know what I'm saying, all the components that actually comes into child care, you know what I'm saying, like feeding them, taking care of them, and all the other stuff, yeah, sometimes it would be better to have somebody 
you know, in a facility, like having a real daycare for them to actually go to, and especially as they develop, like that was one of the things that we was talking about when I stopped watching it. It was time for her to get around other kids so she can start learning, so she can start developing the right way. Because you being over here with me every day watching me work, <laughs> can't go do nothing for you, little baby. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, as she started walking and whatnot, it was time for her to check into a daycare as well. And I think it's 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 definitely necessary, but at the same time, like people say, it's it's just not affordable for so many people sometimes. I think that's kind of messed up. Like it's not affordable for so many people, at least until they get, you know, into public school. If I can add, I just wanna let you guys know that you're definitely on the right track with this. So yesterday when we were talking about my daughter's scores, you know, I'm that parent, I wanna know how she's doing, like in comparison to her peers which is how I found out like what, you know, like the mean score was. And her teacher was telling me that the kids in special education in kindergarten and pre-K are scoring better than the kids in gen ed because those who are on the scale for like my daughter was born super early. So there's a program called early intervention and it's coming for Roman now too, but they're giving PT, OT, you know, they get all the works early. They get to go to programs like at, at what, two and a half, she was in a program. They were coming to pick her up. She got exposed to the bus and oh, friends and all of that, even though it was two, three days a week, it cost right. me absolutely nothing, regardless of my income. They never even asked for my income. Um, just because, you know, she was on the list to be watched just in case she had delays because of how early she was born. Roman will get the same thing, even though he is already trying to crawl. So that boy ain't delayed in no sense. Um, even though he was over two months early. But nonetheless, um, he will get that same treatment. But she was saying that like the special ed kids, the kids she would expect, you know, to have delays that are on paper, have delays, are scoring better in colors, numbers, shapes, etc., than the other kids. Because these kids, these these, you know, the, the kids that are her age right now, when they hit two is when the pandemic started. The pandemic started like two weeks before my daughter turned two. So, you know, they were isolated, but the parents weren't in the house doing their due diligence. The parents was in the house chilling and not teaching them nothing. And then when the world opened, you want to send them back out into pre-K and just let the teachers teach them everything. It doesn't work like that. That age of two is so before two, but really two is so critical for their brain and learning and grasping things and grasping concepts, etc. cetera. There are songs she learned at two. She's not heard again. If she hear it again, she's going to start singing it. Um, because her memory is, is just that good of those certain things, certain routines. She knows now, come in the house, put your bag down, take a jacket off, do blah, 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 blah. So, you know, it's so critical, but it's, it's true. You know, kids who get exposed to school and those environments do better in the long run, even in socialization, they just do way better. So our, our government really just needs to do better um, and, and make sure that that goes through. Same with SNAP food stamps. Um, there's a lot of funding and stuff that came through during COVID. The um, affordable, um, gosh, it's like a phone service act where if you were on Medicaid, um, you got food stamps, any of that, they would pay, I think it was up to like $60 to towards your internet or your phone. Affordable um, connectivity program. program. There you go, Elder. That program, they weren't going to continue that. They did. Um, but they also made some cuts. Um, so, you know, like they won't pay the whole bill. Now they'll just pay, like you got to pay $15 or $10 or stuff like that. Um, but that stuff helped a lot of people who were under budget, um, seniors, um, special needs parents. Y'all know that's, 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 that's my, my tribe right there. 
um, you know, a lot of them were affected by that. They never had, you know, for the last few years, didn't have phone bills, didn't have internet bills. And then, you know, depending on where they live, now they do. County funding ran out or state funding ran out or whatever. So it's it's a lot um, of, of money that was on the table. You know, they fighting over dumb stuff. The government shuts down for 24, 48 hours every six months, it feel like. Um, they're just fighting over dumb stuff and really not putting the things on the table that absolutely matter um, and affect us in the long run. They they just look out for themselves, which is why I encourage everybody to just, especially on your, you know, your city, your state level, you know, get involved. The national stuff is cool, but there's so much that's available to you on a state level, on a city level um, that you don't know if you don't really get involved. So I just wanted to let y'all know that I heard that yesterday. It kind of shook me that y'all said that because we literally just talked about it. The special ed kids are doing better than the genetic kids. Those who went to school, those who got Head Start or, you know, whatever kind of exposure are doing far better. And it's, it's, it's simply because of that. That's interesting because, you know, I, I, don't, I don't be knowing that side of life because I don't be, you know, I ain't nobody's parent. <laughs> So I'll be doing this I like, but I I think that's so interesting because there are so many ways that I think other people can help though, um, with that and especially with the government. Like they pass all these bills, all these acts, they definitely could pass something that can help, you know, with affordable childcare at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna throw it over to Elder. Elder, did you have a chance to check in right before we switch topics and whatnot? Yes, sir. I was I was able to check in when you went on the on a visitation and didn't know you was gone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, fine. Let's go ahead and quickly refresh then. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Waking Up with the Prophet, where we wake up each and every weekday morning with fresh inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music to start our day. Not sure where you're listening from. If you're on your way to work, coming home from work, already at work, somewhere working out, maybe you called off work today, whatever the case may be, we still want to make sure that you're starting your day off the right way, meaning with the right people, right conversation, right attitude, right mindset, all that good, right stuff. With that being said, though, it is October, and granted, it's Clergy Appreciation Month, and we're going to get to that conversation, too, later, probably on in the weekend, later on in the month. But right now, we're talking about some of the spooky stuff, you know what I'm saying, of church. We're talking about some of the spooky stuff of the world. Uh, yesterday, we were talking about um, kind of how people act at funerals and stuff like that, and Pastor Jerry came in here and shut it down, and I love it, <laughs> because he was talking about, uh, about how so many people be acting the fool at funerals, and I think it's hilarious, because a lot of people do be acting up at funerals, it's just crazy, but then I just realized, like, how spooky and mystical we get about the dead, you know, even me, I ain't gonna cap, I'm a, I don't believe in being superstitious, but if I go to the graveyard, I ain't, I'm gonna try to watch where I step, because I know it's dead people under me, that's just me, that's that's just me. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I understand that there are a lot of people, we discussed it briefly yesterday, but there are a lot of people that actually celebrate the dead. I know there's even like, you know, in other cultures, like I think like the Mexican culture, they have whole celebrations, whole feasts, the whole harvests for celebrating of the dead. Even now, you know what I'm saying? Even though we don't want to celebrate quote unquote Halloween, a lot of us are doing what we call like hollows. Hallows, Eve, like 
celebrations and harvests and stuff like that. And Pastor uh, Charles, I don't, I don't got no problem with it. I think it's a creative way, you know, to put a spin on Halloween. But at the same time, I think that we still have to get, I think, better at educating people on how to, you know, feel about death. Because like I tell people, I ain't scared of death at all. But at the same time, when we get in church, we get so spooky about it. We get so mystical about it as though, you know, you know, as though it's a problem. And I really want to understand it from a scriptural standpoint, even when Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. Did he not take concern for the dead? Or like, what what, what does that scripture even relate to how we look at death? Because I know some of us as Christians, we look at death as though it's such a spooky thing. But I was raised around old folk would say, no matter what time of life, no matter what's going on, you just better be ready. So I, I, I ain't scared of it because I think I'm ready. But I want to understand what is the meaning of that scripture and how it relates to us as believers who look at death as though it's a scary thing. Anybody can jump in right there. That was just the layout. Because I want to understand, like, why people are you use that scripture out of context. Okay, so what does that scripture actually mean? They want to follow Jesus. I'm sorry, I'm eating some fried chicken. My wife made it so delicious. They wanted to follow Jesus. And they say, we want to come, but we've got to go bury family members. Mm-hmm. And that's when Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. dead. So if you're going to follow me, there's dead there in jail. Those who are over there, let them do their. If you're going to follow me, you got to come after me. Don't worry about what's going, what's going on over there. If you're coming after me, you follow me. Let the dead bury the dead. That's, that's, the, that's the context of that. So that doesn't mean we never should. So that doesn't mean we shouldn't take concern to the dead? See, now let me just say this. Let me say this. I don't, care, I don't care what people say about me. Call me super deep, call me super spiritual, or oh well. <laughs> I don't believe in communicating with the dead. Me neither. That's necromancy. Um, I do believe that in, in the realm, there is a realm of the spirit where I will, I will sometimes see prophetically <clears throat> somebody who passed. And it will come to me. Now, there was a difference when something comes to you. And then on the other hand, you exactly you doing the seance to erase them from the game. So uh, it's it's very it's not spooky. If you understand the realm of the spirit, because there are two realms of the spirit, the realm of the cosmos and the realm of the heavens. I do an entire teaching on that. So when somebody did come to us in our dreams, is that supposed to be, is that bad? I wouldn't say it's bad, but what I would, what I normally do is I say, go back, go, go back to sleep, go back to rest. Because when I dream of somebody dead um, coming, that means they're coming for somebody. Mm. I said, uh-uh, nope, not here. Go back to sleep, go back to rest. I don't, we don't entertain, um, and that's where, do your history and study, October 31st, it was called All Saints Day. Yeah. Um, In Europe, I remember I was on tour in Germany, and they were celebrating All Saints Day, 
which was the celebration of those who died and those and those martyrs, the old saints. Yeah. That they feel that died and they will have a big celebration in that. We flipped it and, and then it became All Hallows Eve. And then it became Halloween. And it was turned into what we what I believe, say what you want, I believe one of the most demonic times ever. Demonic times ever. If you don't believe me, watch that video. It's an old video called Trick or Treat. They show you what they do during Halloween. They there are real witches that live in the state of Pennsylvania. And that's why Pennsylvania is a heavy witchcraft state. They even have uh, city names that are like Bethlehem and Easton. And they have different kinds of witches that live in Pennsylvania. And they come out, they do seances and all of that other stuff. That is the most, and think about it. Think about that store that sell costumes and 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 outfits and all of that. I, I forget the Halloween store. They only open. They only open. Spirit Halloween. Spirit yes. Halloween. They only Amen. open once yeah. a year. They only open. Why? Because they make so much money in one month that they don't have to open for the rest of the year. They only open once a year. They're closed for the rest of the year. They make so much money in one month. And they don't have to open for the rest of the year. I have so much information that that, that y'all, y'all probably won't like me no more. But I tell you, I don't even participate in trunk retreat. I don't participate. I don't participate in what y'all call Hallelujah Night. I don't do it. <laughs> we can't do nope. the Hallelujah nope. Night. <laughs> nope. 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 You're still acknowledging <laughs> the Halloween. You're still acknowledging. Yeah. You're still acknowledging exactly. it. You cannot take something that was profane and make it holy. You cannot. If it's, watch this. I learned this from my African brothers. They said, if a sacrifice of a demonic sacrifice was, was, was created on an altar, it's going to take another altar to get rid of it. In other words, if somebody did something to you on a demonic altar, it's going to take a higher altar to destroy it. What was born on the altar has to be killed by a higher altar. So no, you can't you, you can't switch it and make it Halloween. Oh, he's going to be dressed like an angel. Well, let's be serious. We do Halloween every Sunday. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We do Halloween every Sunday. You, you fake, you phony, you come in, and more people think you're a prophet, but you're really a diviner. Oh, that's Halloween. You're a mask. Dr. Jerry, come on now. Come it's on now. You better check your and mouth. Let's be oh, honest. My and let's be honest about it. I've seen so many people, you know, um, even us saved the sanctified people. You know, we, we, we come in because we have to make the appearance of we're strong in God. So we can't allow our weaknesses to be like a to be like a fragrance. So we got to put on a mask. We got to pull up our sanctified bootstraps and come in like we all put together. Because because there there are people in the church 
um, and people that are around us are like sniffing wolves, ready to sniff out uh, our frailty so they can pounce on us. But I pray that in this, I feel the Holy Ghost, I pray that in this season that you will not have to wear a mask, that you will be strengthened in your inner man, you will be strengthened in your assignment, and you will be strengthened not to quit and not to give up. I pray the strength of the Lord to every individual in this room so God can give resuscitation and restore you bring you back so there won't be no mask to be worn. Uh, I'm going to end for right now because I'm going to finish my, my wife's chicken. It's so good. Pastor Charles, have you ever funeralized somebody? Like, how do you how do you deal with them in the spirits in the family? Like, I know a lot of people is grieving to it, but I don't know. I be sometimes desensitized to the whole spirits and the death and the, like, mm. Well, here's the thing. First of all, <clears throat> we have to go with what the scriptures tell us in, uh, concerning that. And the one thing the Bible scriptures, scriptures talks about is that the last enemy uh, that uh, will, it will be defeated is death. So death still happens. And so death is considered to be an enemy. It is not a welcome friend. Some people say, oh, I welcome that. Listen, as according to scripture, death is an enemy. So um, what we got to realize is that death comes and it does its job, but God receives the receives the spirit, receives the people, you know, the, the, the spirit part. But the other part about that is, is this, um, that, um, you know, they're asleep. So to have other spirits, um, full of sleep, quote unquote, coming around, I almost, I like I said, I, I've never been dead, so I don't have I don't have that as a. I don't have that as a uh, as a uh, eyewitness, but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh Jesus! I don't have it. I don't have an eyewitness account. But according to what the scriptures tell us, is that that we've got to understand that even if a spirit is is uh, raised, so to speak, and it was done. I believe that was Saul asked to try to get the spirit of uh, was it Samuel? Yeah, Samuel. Saul tried to Samuel. summon Samuel. Yeah, yeah, try to summon Samuel to, uh, to to his aid or just to get you know some. I, what he was looking for was something familiar, and what he got was a familiar spirit. And so, um, please understand that if, even if you're seeing something sometimes or whatever. I think our memory and our brains are so, so very powerful that sometimes we can manufacture uh, certain things. And, and, and they are, um, I believe that God will use things uh, like that, memories of people and things like that. And sometimes it can seem so very real, but, um, but whatever it takes to get you to where you need to be, I'm, I'm like, okay, God, do what you got to do. Um, but and when it comes to funerals and stuff like that, I do my best to try to take the, take the, uh, uh, the stop looking at sometimes the how of how they died, but the realness of this is is not uh, the question is never why Lord did you take them, the question should be now Lord why am I still here why am I left because <clears throat> they're gone and which means that they have uh, completed their assignment I don't care how we try to fix it up you know but they didn't you know they're so young they didn't complete their assignment. <laughs> But according to scripture, the, the dash is the dash is we useful to be doing what you need to do, and then all of a sudden, at the end of that, um, at the end of that dash is when you go. And, and the thing is, is that if you, if that person's gone, 
stop asking why, Lord, you take them. I have a whole list. Pastor of, John, what about the people? Taken. What about the people who be doing miracles and raising folks from the dead? Well, here's the thing. Uh, okay, now I, I I was talking to a another uh, preacher who 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 deals with that, who actually talks, who has done that. He says one of the things about this is that one of the things God is not going to do is go against his own science that he created, which means a person who is uh, a person who is has maybe just died or um, nothing, their organs and things like that are still intact. Um, the the likelihood of being raised from the dead is greater than a person who's gone through embalming, if that makes sense, because of the roughness and the things that has to happen. And I'm not limiting God that He can't do that, but um, you know, but the but the um, the things that happen in an embalming process, um, it, it, that person's gone. They 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 are they're gone because, like I said, God can regenerate the organs and do stuff like that. But at the end of the day, the raising of the dead usually happens within, uh, you know, like if, if a person just dies or um, there's still things that's intact. Sometimes a person is not even really dead. The person is just is uh, in a coma or something like that and at such a state that they are, you know, uh, that really nobody even can tell that they're alive at all. But have you ever, have you ever heard of people back in the day they said the people were found? They had to resume bodies or whatever, and that person was found turned around or something like that because they woke up in the midst of a coma, and that was back in the day. So now it, we, you don't you don't hear about it. What you do hear of is a person that has died, and then all of a sudden, a few minutes, all of a sudden, they come back to life. Um, you know, you hear about that. But anyway, by the way, check out that video I had to send you. I went to a funeral the other day, and um, and. Uh, it, it was it was it wasn't funny at the time, but it's it's funny now. Um, you know, some folks go to funerals and they kick up the entire time, just you know, just trying to trying to shout. But oh yeah, how do you have to speak in their tongue, doing everything? Well, they got to shouting, start jumping, and next thing you know, I guess she got a heel caught in the carpet or something, and she stumbled and she uh, leaned on the casket, and the casket moved about three or four feet. Lord Jesus, everybody was just, the, the gasp in the room, everybody was clapping and say, praising the Lord. But when that lady, when that evangelist went and she hit that casket and that casket moved, they, they said, the whole room. I'm sorry. Here's a question. Do y'all think they should stream funerals? I don't think they should stream funerals no more. <laughs> can, I, can I give you, um, can I give you a, my honest opinion? I sometimes get a kick out of <laughs> when I'm playing the organ and I'm playing like a hymn or something and I do something on the organ <laughs> and all of a sudden you hear somebody in the in the audience ah! Ah! <laughs> I get a kick out of it sometimes, I really do. In the funeral home that I used to play for <laughs> <laughs> the funeral home I used to play for, they used to give me a tip for, for making them scream. <laughs> 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 I'm serious. It makes me laugh when I do it. It makes me laugh. Then I look at the funeral and say, the director said, oh, I got you somebody today, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I ain't by myself because I still go to see some of them just to go get a good laugh.
See, that's why I say I can't wait to be old so I can go to funerals. Lord have mercy, y'all pray for me. Why hilarious. you waiting till you get old? You old now. Go I don't be wanting to go to random people funeral. The last random person funeral I went to was Kevin Lemons. And granted, it was a great funeral. It was a great funeral. But I ain't know nobody there. I didn't even know that man. And went to that man's funeral. You know you country when you go to you know you country when you go to funerals of people you well, I'm not gonna say that because I do funerals of people who I don't know, but just to attend a funeral that you don't know. Right. I was gonna say, Pastor Jerry, mm-hmm. I was playing at the funeral. I ain't do nothing at the funeral but sit there and watch everybody else. Didn't know none of the family, and I'm over there sitting with the preachers and everything. <laughs> You knew who he was, though. That's not the same thing. You knew who Kevin Lemons was. I, I, exactly. Exactly. You you knew who he was, not personally, yeah. but you knew of him. Yeah, I didn't heard book. of him. That's before. like that's like my boy, my boy in Atlanta. God bless his soul. He gone on somewhere. A happy preacher. Happy oh, yeah. preacher was at everybody's funeral. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy preacher was cut up at your funeral. He was at my uncle. Uh, he was at my uncle JD's birthday service, and he was singing "Just Another Day." That the Lord uh, um, has uh, kept me. He went across the room, fell out on the floor. <laughs> I said, "Did you see that video of Happy Preacher?" That was at Uncle JD Means birthday service. That Happy Preacher was hilarious. He was hilarious. I was gonna say I remember saying happy uh preacher at who funeral uh I think it was Aretha Franklin funeral and he all on the live shouting in the background. Said, happy preacher man? was at everybody's funeral. Everybody <laughs> I met Happy Preacher at uh Reverend Fleming's church. I was on the road with Joshua Nelson. <laughs> and that year we did the anointed conference. Uh ooh, it was back in two thousand four. 2004, that's what I made Happy Preacher. Wow. And that, that was the year that Dorinda Clark preached. Dorinda Clark, uh, Henry Lyons, and Todd Hall preached that year. That's what I met um, Happy Preacher. Oh, Todd Hall is a beast. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just starting attending funerals. <laughs> I got another question. It's kind of off topic, but it's kind of going towards the question of the day. As we, you know, prepare to wrap up or whatnot. But do y'all think it's rude, Pastor Charles, for people? And I know back in the day we used to say this, you know what I'm saying? Respect the sanctuary, you know what I'm saying? No food or candy and sanctuary and all this other stuff. But y'all know it's getting cold. Stop, dog. Y'all know it's getting cold. It's a little cold. It's a little chilly. And, you know, some of these churches even got, you know, cafes and Starbucks in their church. But I, I, mean, I got a real question. Do you think it's rude to sip in the sanctuary? Like if you got a coffee or a tea or something like that. Is it rude for me to, you know what I'm saying, bring my coffee into the sanctuary? If I'm at a funeral, you know what I'm saying, and they got some coffee, you think it's rude for yeah. me to just sipping? You know what I'm saying? Would you bring it in the courthouse? Nope. Probably. Not. Would you? Would, would you? Da, 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 da. See, we have more respect for a court. At the door. Hello. We have more respect for a courthouse, and we stand for a judge, and that's a mere man than in the presence. Now, I understand. You know, if you're, uh, they, they give a little water for the musicians and for the preacher, that I understand they're working. 
but just for you to be casually bringing in Starbucks, I don't. I mean, that's just me. Maybe I was raised old school. Maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe I guess. It ain't just you. I've been a little, a little Starbucks ain't gonna hurt in the sanctuary. See, we don't mind at my church as long as you have like a closed tumbler or something. I mean, you shouldn't be in there just turning back to be turning back. I mean, you have some cools with it. But as long as you have like a closed cup so that you're not spilling and making a mess, you know, we don't mind that as much. Kids, we know, you know, people got small kids. They want juice and whatever, whatever. You know, we just ask that you just clean it up. You know, if it's going to be juice, let it be a juice box. Don't pour them nothing in no open cup and let them kids be in there turning and spilling and carrying on. Just closed containers. Keep it cute. I mean, I don't care. When I went to the last funeral, I ended up leaving the funeral and going to the gas station, got me a bottle of water, a Sprite, and some chips, and went back to the funeral. I was in a church service, and it was so hot. One of the air conditioning units went out, and my wife told me to go to the store and get some bottled waters because it was brutal So <clears throat> down here in Texas. So, yeah, I will go get me a water and a heartbeat. Um... I know they rather me drink that water than them trying to carry me out because ain't nobody gonna be to lift me up if I pass out. So praise God. I'm sorry. Just as you were asking me to, asking the question, um, someone called. Uh, that the work never stops. So anyway, what was the question? Please forgive. Sipping in the sanctuary, if, if can can people have like? Because I've seen people eat at funerals. Like I said, I done left the funeral when it got me a whole bottle of water and everything. So how do you feel about people? Can can we eat at the funeral? Can we eat in the sanctuary? Can we sip a little coffee or tea? It's getting cold. People, people are doing that now. They they were doing that. Um, in our sanctuary, we do allow only for water because we have lighter carpet, and I'm not trying to get the carpet clean every five minutes because somebody had a oops with some dark coffee spilled all over the place. It's bad enough that regular wear and tear will give you problems. Um, and then here we go, we got stuff like this. So the answer, slow answer is just water, only water. And uh, God bless, and I have no problem saying that. There was a time we didn't eat nothing. The only thing you could have was candy, if you had that. And you better make sure you ain't leaving candy Rappers on the floor, but folks would do it. I've been clean. I've don't get oh Lord, I'm getting mad. I've cleaned up a church, cleaned up our church, and uh, there's gum. Somebody stuck gum under the seat at God's house. How do you? Okay, I'm done. God bless. <laughs> it was probably a child pastor. <laughs> That's why the old school ushers used to have them napkins, bro. Them little tissues. Talk about it, Jay. When they had the when, when when they used to wear the white gloves, the old school ushers. Get, get, come on. You couldn't, we had one that was a sharpshooter. She knew when you had gum in your mouth when I was a kid. So, yeah. I'm you with know, you on I that, Pastor Charles. I'm, today, I'm petrified of pinches. Right. I'm petrified. <laughs> on that back fat, Prophet Jerry. Let me tell you. On your arm, that back fat, right there. Prophet Jerry, how do they get us? How do they get us with them gloves on still? Like, you would think it would slip. They still, it's me, like them gloves gave they, them better grip. They were anointed to pinch. They had, they had, they had glove power. That that glove and that finger would be syncopated to its highest form of. I'm making up a word of paintivity. They would. I, when I tell you, 
Her name was Evangelist and Savage. <clears throat> but but the thing is, <clears throat> she will pinch you so quick that <laughs> you wouldn't feel the pain until about five seconds later. She would say, Phew! and you'd be like, wait a minute, I just got pinched. Ow, give me the gun. Give me the gun. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh, I can feel it now. Lord have mercy. Give me the gun. Give me the gun. Prophet Jerry, I was give. I have that gift because I ain't got a many folk with that pinch. I got that gift. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that pinch you give. Yeah, anointed to pinch. I got it. I got it. <laughs> What's one of the funniest things that you guys have? Wait a minute. Seen, like, what have you, have you ever? Have you ever? Have you ever uh, brought a napkin to you and and he, you didn't want to spit out your gum, so you hit it under your tongue? Yep, and they start pinching them cheeks. <laughs> we know about the under the tongue. We know. <laughs> Look, thought I was slick. She had to pinch in my face. I was going to spit it out. <laughs> but no, what is one of y'all like, funniest um, funeral experiences? Like, what is something interesting? That you guys have I ever think seen they tortured us as kids. I'm sorry, prop. They tortured us as kids. I'm sorry. They tortured us. I, I, I would run to my mother. Run. Most of the time, we swallowed ours to keep from spitting it out. <laughs> so, you know, hey. And if you had a mint in your mouth, sometimes they made you spit that out. Or made, told you, chew it up now. to answer your question. How about to answer his question too? Go ahead. Yeah, funniest thing of the funeral. So I had a great, well, I guess she was a great aunt. Um, she was adopted, whatever. Great aunt's funeral. And you know, you could always tell who took care of the person by their demeanor because they're kind of chill, kind of strong, so their casket closed. And then you got the one child or grandchild who you know gave them hell or used them or whatever because they the ones screaming and hollering and carrying on. So I'll never forget the sibling that took care of her. They were all there getting ready to close it up and they pulling the sheet up and everybody saying there, you know, whatever. And they get ready to put it down and the, the loud falling out one stops them from pulling the thing down pushes it back up and like dives on the body and it the casket moved like a pinch it hit that lamp you know that little pink lamp they have to make the person's skin look better hit the lamp the lamp fell over and the one who took care of her literally pushed her into the casket like pushed her further in and she jumped i mean jumped back and that girl took her hand and slapped it down on that top and was like, that's it, it's over. And she gave the little signal to the funeral directors. They locked that thing down and that was it. But child, when I saw that lamp fall over, when I saw her push her in further and the way she jumped up off that body, well, that's one thing I have not been able to do. I have not been able to like kiss on a dead person. I've touched that, I've worked up enough nerve to touch their hand. Barely. I think I've done that once. I I can't do it. I, I don't know. I just, I can't. It's uncomfortable for me. 
um, because I just remember them as they were. Now, there are a few people that I've seen that look just like they were in life, but for the most part, they don't. And so it feels like a stranger to me. It feels cold to me. I just can't. I can't do it. Uh, I really have to work up nerve. Like my great-grandmother, I had to work up so much nerve just to touch her hand. Um, but how people be in there all kissing on the back, I don't know how they do it. I don't know. Maybe if it was somebody super close to me, I would feel different. Um, I don't know how they do it. I just, I, I don't know. But seeing that lamp, that lamp knock over about, about did it to me. Uh, she knocked it over so bad that the ball came out. Child, we were in there dying. And my husband, no help. No help to me whatsoever. The lamp falls over. And he is like pinching my leg, trying not to laugh. And the lady behind us was like, she get on my GD nerves, fill in the blank. She get on my GD nerves, always making a scene, always making a scene. My husband just bust out like he couldn't even control it no more. He took his handkerchief out of his pocket. He tried to cover his face. He laughed clean, clean into the sermon, y'all. And this was at the beginning of service. I mean... It the tension was so thick on that front row you could cut it with a knife. That's why I said you could always tell who who take care of the person, who did right by them, who didn't, who realized that the meal train is over. You can tell it all at a funeral. You just gotta watch. I'ma act a fool at my grandma's funeral. I already know it. But JY, I'ma throw it over to you. JY, are you there? Or right, Pastor Charles, you can jump in. Well, I mean, there are so many, like I, did, like I said, I just sent one. I wish that I could share it with everybody, but um, this just happened this past Saturday. Um, like I said, the service was going and moving, a good service. Um, and this particular lady had some real, real good friends, and they all were on the this front row dressed in red, and it was with her best friends. And and they were all there. And one of them is, is an evangelist, very notorious for being, you know, kind of loud and everything. And so she was loud and had her red on with silver slippers, silver shoes. You won't forget it. You have to die to forget it. It was so funny. But they were all in there and they got, finally got a shout in. And they started to shout and started jumping. And on the video, I have it. And I was standing in the pulpit and on the side. And they were running across and everything. And one was just shouting in front of the casket and she kind of jumped for a little bit and she just pulled back to where her seat was but this other one she had to keep dancing and keep running like she's gonna do a victory dance and she ran across to one side and then came on the other side and then came across again and as she came across right in front of the camera she stumbled and when she stumbled she uh was about to trip and fall and she used the casket to try to break her fall but the casket, I guess the brakes weren't on the thing or whatever, wasn't moved close enough or whatever. And the casket moved, moved about three feet. Uh, she was going to knock the casket over. <laughs> to knock the casket over. And the whole room said, oh, like there was a big gasp in the room. And, and of course, when that happened, the, the, the sh- whatever shout was in there, uh, just just kind of uh, dissipated. And so the bishop came down and he was uh, pushing, they had moved the casket back, put it back and, and pick up the flowers. They, some, the flowers, some flowers fell down and something else happened. And I was standing up there and I said, I, I just turned, I turned my back 
towards the wall. I couldn't. I just was like, so it was mortified. I was mortified. And um, then the person was coming in to do the solo. I said, did you, you didn't just see what happened, did you? I said, Lord, this lady then shouted and ran and then hit the casket and the casket moved. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I missed it. And uh, but anyway, it was so funny. I'm trying to see if I need to take it to somebody's uh, funny thing and get some money for it. That's what I'm thinking. That's how bad it is. That's how crazy it was. But I'll tell you what, the worst part about it was is that the, the person sat in the church, uh, sat in there for the rest of the service and didn't say a peep for the rest of the service. That's what made, that's what tickled me. All right. Other than that, I don't, I haven't seen too, too many funny, I haven't seen it now. I haven't seen, I've never seen anybody get fall out the casket except on online. I ain't never seen nothing like that in person. Um, let's see. Uh, I've seen folks cry over the body and stuff like that. I've seen that. Um, and, you know, I've seen, you know, I've seen some of those things. I've heard some stories about some things. But other than that, um, I've never really seen anything that was necessarily funny. Uh, oh, well, I, well, there was something that happened that was funny. Uh, a bishop had passed away. And, you know, most bishops, when they uh, have them in the casket, it's called full couch style, which means you see the body from head to toe because they usually have vestments on and stuff like that. And so... This particular bishop was, you know, lying in state and everything, new shoes and everything, just nice. And then all of a sudden, um, nobody knew this, but the bishop, before he died, and probably that was kind of the end result, or the end, he uh, had diabetes pretty bad. They knew that, but uh, they had just recently, or that week, week before he died, they had uh, did an amputation of his foot. And... Um, and what does one of the children say, you know, and the other day before he died, they, they amputated his foot. And so then everybody starts looking at the casket, at, at the two shoes. So that they... <laughs> you can see everybody's eye look towards the casket, like toward the foot, like, oh, Lord. So that, you know, it's just, it was a crazy moment. Okay, I know, I know that was me. God bless. That's wild, Pastor Charles. <laughs> Has anybody ever seen somebody get to fight at a funeral? <laughs> I literally was at a funeral in the midst of the, the beginning of the service, opening up with the prayer and and psalm. It's um, uh, the hymn. I'm singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. And on the organ, sometimes when I sing, I have my eyes closed. And so... I'm hearing, ow, ow, ow. I'm thinking they're getting happy. I'm thinking they're getting excited. All of a sudden, man of God, it was a fight that was breaking out in the service. And what was not funny, it was two people who had Down syndrome fighting at a funeral. I mean, that they like, had Down syndrome. Oh no! Yes, they did. I mean, no, no, but <laughs> it was sad. It, it was it was really sad. It was really sad. Uh, the funeral director said, oh, "Stop! Close the casket. We going out. That's it. Going out." Oh, that's two Down syndrome people. <laughs> I'm trying to hold it. I'm tickle pink. <laughs> That's why my eyes are looking like that. I am not. Mm -mm, nope.
<laughs> Pastor Charles, what you would have did if you officiated the funeral? I, I, I think I would have let it play out. Not let it play popcorn. out. You would have let them fight. <laughs> no, I, no, I probably got the ushers would probably get uh, taken care of it or pull them out or whatever. Or the family turn around and get your people. You know, folks would do folks do stuff like that anyway. They have, I mean, sometimes that you know people don't really have a um, a filter because it's like it gives them a license to um, because they're in grief. You know, they they do stuff just to. You know, it it happens. It happens. I think the worst ones for me though is um, is is some of the different foibles that foibles that happens at at funerals and stuff like that. Um, some people don't want any viewing at all, or the the family doesn't want the person to be viewed. And that kind of thing. I think the ones that's hardest for me, though, is probably the ones where uh, I knew the person and they look like they're they really look like they're asleep. I mean, whether those are not so so bad, but it's just kind of like it does bring a little you know a little emotion out. But the ones where you know the, what the person looked like and they um, <clears throat> and they don't look like anything, you almost don't can't tell who they are except you see their wig or something. And that's the only thing that looks makes them look, you know. And I'm like, you see, it, it, whenever I'm helping with that kind of thing, you know, as a pastor and everything, I'll I'll, say, I'll tell them go go take them take them back and just take another picture because this ain't not the way they look, and you can do better than this, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm I hate to say that, but I know they're dead, and I know all that kind of stuff. You, but you can fix this. You can do a better job. Go back, take take the body back. And in the room, y'all do what you need to do yeah, and fix this Pastor up. Charles, them ones where they don't look like themselves, those are the ones that are harder for me because I wanted to see you one last time as I knew you. Like my grandmother looked totally different. They embalmed, I mean, they over embalmed her. So we had a viewing in Maryland and then we took her to North Carolina, which was her final resting place in the service there with the rest of our family. And here in Maryland, she's, I mean, she looks so, she looks like she had gained like 100 pounds. She looks so bloated. And I was like, who is that? I never saw her with makeup. She had very distinct little moles on her face. Beautiful. And they overcaked the makeup. So it just took away so much of like who she was. I didn't feel like I knew who I was looking at. I, 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 I didn't know her. And that broke my heart. Because I'm like, this is not, no, this ain't her. This ain't her. Um, and I, I, my suspicion was correct because they were telling us on the transport down to North Carolina, they had to, before they could transport it, they had to go in the bag and kind of do some work because I noticed that her lips look really like glossy. Turns out it was the embalming fluid coming out of her mouth. Like they overdid it. It, it was just so traumatic for me because I'm like, I don't know this lady. This is not, this is not who raised me. This, I don't know who this is in this casket, but this is not even with all the pictures and all of that, they just, they overdid the makeup, they overdid the embalming, she just didn't look like herself. So the ones where they just like they're sleeping, I can make a little better piece with that. But when they turn five shades of blue and all, I, I can't do it. Oh, we yeah, went. Sometimes they just, yeah. Uh, my daughter and I went to her high school friend's 
service and we went to the visitation. And my daughter was standing there. She was like, I don't know who that is, but that ain't her. It didn't eat no way did that child look like who we remember from high school. Um she didn't even resemble her, sir. My my daughter just kept saying, I don't know who that is, but they ain't her. I, I, I see her parents and all, but that ain't her. So, yeah, they can overdo stuff to they don't even look like themselves. Now, when my mom passed, she just looked like she was just asleep. Uh, they did an awesome job. Uh they did such a good job that one of my little great great nieces, she was telling her to get up. Just wake up and get up. You you just look like you sleep. Even though she understood and knew that she was gone. So yeah, some funeral homes they can do a fabulous job. Some of them I don't know. Uh I I haven't seen anything funny. At a room, but the stories y'all done told, I've been in here dying. So I know if I was there, I wouldn't have been able to help hold it in. I would have had to leave and go out in the hall or go outside because I'm, I'm just there. I'm going to laugh. Now, um, so my mom passed when I was 20. And um, they had her looking just like she was asleep. And so it was easier to to bear. I mean, I, I did cry and stuff like that. Um, we just had some other circumstances that was going on at the same time. But she looked great. Um, and it was very, very, very peaceful for, for me to be able to go through that process. My grandmother, my grandmother, same thing. But what happened with her, my, my aunt, her daughter, um, actually did her makeup and had her looking just like she was just just laying. I mean, she was the beautiful, most beautiful uh, person in and out anyway. But then when, when they did that, she just looked wonderful. I think there are some different things that people have to realize that uh, probably needs to happen at certain uh, for certain uh, people. Um, mainly there's things like having um, um, you know, maybe using a shroud instead of using their natural clothes. Um, if they're wearing robes and stuff like that, that's one thing that's not usually so, so bad. But, but you know, maybe using a shroud and shroud, it can look really wonderful because um, that's what it's made for. It's made for, for, it's like, you know, for death and that kind of thing. So you can actually do much more sometimes with a shroud than you can sometimes with their natural clothes. Um, if a person's along the larger side, um, you may have to splurge a little bit more to get a wider casket so they won't look like they're laying and they're scrunched in the, in the casket, like they just stuffed them in there. Um, I think sometimes it depends on what position a person, when rigor mortis sets in, sometimes it can be a thing where they're, they're not, they just don't look natural lying there. Um, my grandfather had a thing for those things and would say like, you know, you don't sleep with your glasses, so don't put glasses on the person. Um, when they, um, you know, I think when they people look, look better with their glasses on. If I've known them all my life and they wore glasses, if I look at this casket and they don't got no glasses on, I'm gonna think something. Yeah, well, you know, that's I'd probably put them, put them on and then take them off later. I don't know, you know, 
Pastor Charles, you don't want to be bare with your glasses? I don't. No, I don't care. I ain't gonna care. I I wear contacts on, you know, but as long as they got makeup on my 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 nose, when, when I get the glow, I won't be able to see. I won't need the glasses, you know. But no, it's not gonna be a problem. I mean, but uh, I think most of the time, if you have glasses or something that's a part of your make uh, your you know facial or whatever, then definitely do that. But yeah, some people are just you know, there's so many things that they can do um, to help um, in this seat in this day. You know, they if they have to spray, don't 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 shoot me. But if they got to spray paint you with the right color, they can do that if they want to. Um, uh, <laughs> seriously, um, now my barber he does he does um, he makes sure that he does hair and stuff like that, or does the uh, you know do that kind of thing. I think to me. Those kinds of things are just very, very vital. And here's the thing. If a person's been in a car accident and they have been totally almost toe up and a funeral director can make them look like they sleep, why can't you deal with the person who just died in their sleep? Which I, I don't get that. I don't get why. Amen. Amen. I don't understand that. I don't understand how they can do all this extra work to bring somebody almost back to where they, they did sleep. And they've been traumatically died. They've been traumatically died. And then the person who dies in, in the bed or whatever, they they bloated and crazy. Do what you got. Take that body back and get it right. Go back in there. And or, or either do we need to go take your take body somewhere else? Satisfaction guaranteed. <laughs> okay. All right. Pray for me. I, I, I was gonna be a, I wanted to be a funeral director when I was uh, younger, but my mom wouldn't let me because she was like, I don't want nobody in my house. I would have made her some money too. Maybe I wouldn't have been a pastor either. Pray for me. I thank God for you. <laughs> Anybody else wanted to chime in? Okay, if not, I'm just going to go ahead and set this layup there because I think this was an interesting conversation. Yeah, I know we're talking about all kinds of spooky stuff as we go throughout the week. And I think later on this week, we even going to talk about spooky tongues and um, a video that was sent to us in the mod chat. Um, I don't know if y'all seen it, but there was an interview where Larry Reed was interviewing um, George Bloomer. And I think, Pastor Charles, you mentioned it earlier, um, I think last week or this week or something like that. I was talking about exorcisms and stuff like that. Well, I think later on this week, we're going to start talking about that, um, about exorcism, exorcisms, um, the demonology stuff about it, because I think that's another part of, of death that a lot of people, you know, are kind of unfamiliar with, they're kind of scared of. So I definitely want to go ahead and address those things. But also last week we were talking about the video. Um, well, the video went out last week, but somebody sent it to me from last week. But last week we was talking about witchology and witchery in the church and all that other stuff. And what's interesting is they sent me a video from Larry Reed and Larry Reed was interviewing Dr. George Bloomer. And they began to talk about how, of course, People are saying Beyonce is a witch, but, you know, I personally don't believe it. And they were breaking it down um, to where to where it's not just, um, it's hard for me to explain, so I'm just going to let y'all hear the video. Let me put it like that. I'm just going to let y'all hear the video. She has in there. But that, Hold on. Let me start over. They're taking that and they're also taking. Start over. Hold on. Taking some. I'm saying that Beyonce is a witch. They're saying she's a witch That's because what they say, in child. her heart, she acknowledges African spirituality, 
was in a song talking about, she said, I take the page of the Bible and I stuff it inside myself for my menstrual cycle. It's a little line that she has in there. But they're taking that and they're also taking some of the things that she has paid homage to as relates to Africa. So they're saying that she's a witch and when you go to a concert, you are going to end up with a demon, a spirit, because it's a portal and all this kind of stuff. Now, what do you say? On the Beyonce notes, um, Beyonce is coming from uh, uh, two areas. There's an area of manipulation, which is witchcraft, and then there's an area of hurt and pain where she needs deliverance. Mm. Beyonce, her dad, her mom, they know Jesus. Yeah. He grew up knowing Jesus. Yeah. What happened in the structure of the church to so hurt her and cause her to be wounded? Mm. That's the deliverance side of it. But then you have the advertisement side. And so I don't know if Beyonce believes the things that she says or what have you. It's a whole advertisement piece. Um, I, I'm i not going to call that girl a witch. Me neither. I'm going to say she needs deliverance. I understand art. I understand advertisement. I know how you got to get people talking. And I think a lot of people go too far. I don't think she has. The church, the church has got to stop being the hate hurt cesspool that it is. Come on now. You cannot win people from an adversarial standpoint of view. You've got to really, really begin to, to love people and see from where they're coming from. All right, I'm going to stop right there because I think it was an interesting interview and I haven't had the chance to watch the whole interview, but I'm a big fan of George Bloomer and I take value out of what George Bloomer has to say because I'm the same way. I ain't going to call her a witch, but at the same time, I think she's just like everybody else. She needs, you know, just some deliverance in her life. You know what I'm saying? Truth be told, I don't think, you know, when you go to a concert or whatever, you joining a cult or coven, none of that. I don't think she's even that powerful, even as a witch. It ain't like she doing seances and stuff like that. But I understand, you know, what they were saying. But how we related to church is just so much different because we act like it's so demonic. It's so devilish. When truth is, like, most of the people who went to Beyonce concerts go to church, too. Y'all can help me out here because I'm trying to figure out because y'all know I don't believe in just calling people witches. And I believe exactly what George Bloomer said. If we're going to keep breaching people, we got to stop demonizing everything. And I don't, I could be wrong. I see Pastor Jacob down there in the audience. Pastor Jacob, you might be able to come up here and help me. But Pastor Charles, I don't I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. And I don't think that we as church should keep demonizing and witchifying people. Like I said last week, I just don't I don't see where the witch part comes into play. I don't believe that, like I say, I've seen her say thank you to God publicly. You know what I'm saying? Granny don't know what God she was thinking, but you know what I'm saying? For anybody who says thank you, God, thank you, Jesus, you know what I'm saying, for this award or being able to be here, I'm going to believe that they acknowledge my God, period. We mystify what we don't understand. We mystify, we demonize what we do not understand. I'm not going to act like I understand African spirituality. I don't, therefore I'm not going to call it demonic and all of that because I don't have the knowledge. Um, I've never really cared to look into it and study it. Should I take the time? I may have a different opinion. Um, but yeah, what we don't understand, we demonize. Just like it, it was Kirk Franklin back in, what, 1990 
92, he was the devil. He he was he was all of that. And them same people is bopping. Yeah. Them same people were singing uh more than I can bear. Them same people who had an issue with, with revolution have turned around and sung smile at their church. You know, so there are feds, there are trends that 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 come and go, and it's like the church just gets on hate wagons and, and cancel parties just like the world does. Um and I hate that for us. I hate that about us to be honest. But we demonize what we don't understand. Don't nobody know that girl's personal relationship but her and Jesus. If Kimberell told the truth, that girl when she going through, she turns on Kimberell and, and listens to it and, and all of that and, you know, comes on through. I don't think anybody, you know, say what you want about Kim, but you know, the the, the music is, is what it is. Um, it is separate and apart from the person. Um, or whatever you may think about her. But I doubt that Beyonce would run to that. Um, I doubt that she would be thanking her Lord and Savior if she really truly believed, her Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, rather, if she believed in something different. So it's not a mind our business. Like we de- we demonize what, what is convenient. And the same people demonize it to be the same people who listening to it. You demonize it, you know, in the church scene, but you, you bop into it too. You was probably the main one. Oh, that's the lemonade. You the same one trying to was trying to get tickets to a concert. You just couldn't afford them, so now you hate her. Like, <laughs> it's the you couldn't afford it, but now you hate her now. And I think that's so prevalent for like us and church people. The minute we can't afford something, the minute something is contrary or different from us, we gotta vilify. We gotta demonize it. I don't think that's appropriate. I do believe, like Pastor Jerry said, I do believe that there are real witches and real warlocks. But I don't think they come in the form of Beyonce. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think they came in the form of Beyonce. And I think as 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 a church, we put more fuel to that fire than what really needs to be there. And I could be wrong. I could be and wrong. And we don't realize how stupid we sound when we say, you go to her concert, you're in a, you're in a seance, she's going to take over your soul. Well, if greater is he that's in you, what are you saying about the God that you claim resides inside of you? You step into a Beyonce concert and suddenly your soul is snatched? You sound stupid. You sound really stupid. So I remember when Kurt Franklin came out with Stump. And I was in a bar. Uh, I have went there to see uh, Mike Tyson fight. And uh, he was fighting, and he beat that man's ear off. I seen all of that. And uh, they had, the, the, if you wanted to dance, you had to go downstairs. And we, me and my friend, we were standing up at the top, and we was listening to the music. And all of a sudden, they played Stump, and them people was going crazy. And me and her looking at her, each other talking about, um, they playing Stump in the bar? You know, and we just stood there and watched the people. They knew all the words to the song. So then I started noticing everybody. Whenever Stump came on, it took on a vibe of itself. I don't, I can't be going around calling these people witches and warlocks and all of that. I, I can't, I don't know what they do in their private time. I ain't in their house, and I ain't in their bedroom, I ain't in their kitchen, I ain't in there. Because quiet as it kept, somebody probably calling us witches and warlocks. They don't know nothing about us. 
So I, I, I'm, I'm like, Ebony, we really had to stop demonizing people. If we don't know, like, like I always say, told my kids, don't bring that mess in my house. If you ain't heard it straight from the horse's mouth, in mm-hmm. other words, if they didn't tell you, then don't bring it in my house. I don't want to hear it. It's how gossip and mess start because people really don't know. They assume me. So don't assume something that you don't really know nothing about. And I'm going to leave it right there. I agree, Mama, and I completely agree with you. I think it's just so interesting because um, we're we're always talking about, you know, other people being demons and witches and all this other stuff, not realizing that there are so many people in church that do root work, that do shadow work, you know what I'm saying, that that really be praying against us, you know what I'm saying? And granted, they probably ain't praying spells and whatnot, but there are people that are actually trying to do root work, who are trying to do mystical things and magical things literally in church that's why i said we're gonna have an episode about them spooky tongues <laughs> because <laughs> paula white called herself trying to you know call african angels over and i'm like come on now if anything that would have been some witchcraft but it didn't work i don't, I don't think it worked i don't think she had no power i don't think you know what i'm saying them shum, them shum, them shum, nothing did anything but then when you actually think about it, and that's why prophet jerry i think you definitely got to teach this class on how people you know guard themselves who are prophetic from witchcraft, from those type of moments, because there are so many people who are prophetic, but will easily tap into the the witchcraft, the demonic, the shadow work, the root work, you know what I'm saying, that type of stuff. And I don't think it's necessarily necessary for us as believers, but I think that it is something that we should be educated on, especially when you have a picture floating around with um, Bishop Mason and everybody's still talking about how Bishop Mason did root work, but yet he started one of the biggest, you know what I'm saying, reformations or denominations across America. I think that's very, very interesting because hey, we have to work. Hey, Prophet. They did put the information out with uh, Bishop Mason, and um, they put the picture out, but then there was someone that's not even of the Church of God in Christ did the research and found out he wasn't root working. He was used, he knew it was in his lineage, and he was explaining what it is in a sermon. He wasn't okay. actually root working. Okay, okay. That's understandable. That's completely understandable. See, I yeah. didn't know. I know the... Um, yeah, I know. I know the guy that did that work as well, um, and um, he was not doing that. It was. It was. Uh, he. He was the first to start to do using um, sermon props and stuff like that. You know, so that was what those were. It was like it, he was showing oddities of different things in nature that that are there, and how that uh, it can still be used by God, if that makes sense. So yeah, that's a that's a whole that's a whole sermon in and of itself. So that's what that was about. It was never about um, that he was holding just these things and doing root work. He was showing off how um, he was showing off how he, you know, there can be something that may look odd and look whatever, and God can still use it and have use for it. And that's, that was what that was supposed to be about. So um, at the end of the day, um, it's funny how people would love to look and try to find different little things to try to make people, um, you know, either good or bad or whatever. And, yeah. and, and I think that's a, that's a problem. That's, that could be a problem. That's very problematic for us. But Pastor Charles, do you think that there are some things that we need to teach from that area of root work, like showing what they are and stuff like that? Because let me be honest, I ain't never been to a teaching about root work. I ain't never been to a teaching about shadow work. I've never really 
cared to. But do you think that's something that believers should be educated on, especially prosthetic people? No, not everybody. Okay. Not everybody. I'll tell you why. Because when you understand and when you are exposed to that world, you are held accountable for what you know. And everybody is not on that spiritual level of maturity to understand how that world works. Because when you start interacting with the supernatural, two, two realms of the supernatural, when you start interacting with that realm and when you are exposed to it, they are not, not only are you exposed to it, but they are exposed to you. So if, you, if you're not ready to understand, if you are a, a new convert, you need, to be, be, you need to be filled with the spirit of Jesus first before you start tapping into that other stuff. So everybody, no, I don't, I don't. I do not implore anyone who is not deeply rooted in God and deeply rooted in salvation. They are filled with the Holy Spirit and they are filled in their mind, body, and spirit. You, you gotta be filled to understand that. You have to be. Absolutely, I, I must. I agree with that because what the thing is, is that most people, a lot of people want to always want to know about power and want to know about those other things that's going on in in this in this life, but they don't learn how to uh, just understand the power of God by itself, just without trying to, you know, I, I want to know about it all, and I want to know understand this, and I want to understand that, and I'm trying to, uh, you know, they're trying to get in their heads and wrap their heads around that. Cause you know, some people, what it is, they just like the, they just like the, the authority that it brings. They like the, 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 the glamor of what it looks like and that it is, you know? And, you know, it, it's, it's so amazing to me because at the end of the day, the realness of it is, is God is really, really, um, he is all powerful and everything he is, he is power. He is all powerful. And he made us, he, we didn't make ourselves. He did that for us, you know? And and we who are working in his presence, we just get the opportunity to be able to, um, uh, to, you know, we get, we get to do this, you know? And and I, listen, I'm not happy about casting out demons. That stuff don't, that don't, that don't make me excessively happy. But it makes me feel like, oh, man, you know, like, oh, you know, well, thank you, Lord, that another soul has been set free. And that's what it's for. It's not for it's not for to be grand and having to be wonderful. You know, let me go on mute on that. Now, you're right about that, Pastor Charles. I think oftentimes we do. Uh, I don't know. Like you said, we take advantage sometimes. And I'm not one of them type of people who believes in like manipulation in the pulpit. I, I hate that. I really do. But I think that's why, you know, sometimes we need to address it and teach it. Because Pastor Jerry, you're right. I don't think everybody needs to know or learn those things. Because you're right. It do open them up and expose them to the wrong spirits. But, you know, I want to know, are there some like tools that we can use as believers besides prayer that will make us more effective in the realm of the spirit? Because, you know, we be using that prayer shot thing like, like we just go you know, throw it around us and the whirlwind is gonna happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And granted, don't I believe prophetic. Let me tell you. Y'all get on my, they get on my nerves. Oh God. Get on my nerves 
Now you understand it's a prayer chart. What that going to be? <laughs> Put the pressure on. Put the pressure on. I made a post saying uh, uh, prayer chart on Facebook Live is not to start a kit for the prophetic. You understand what that prayer chart is for? It's not even supposed to be used outwardly. That it's part. used during your secret prayer time. Right? When you're in... Never mind. I'm, I'm not even going to go and go into the, the customs of using the tallit and what it is for. But the only way your entry level into a powerful move of God is prayer. If you come any other way, you're a thief and a robber. Mm -mm. The source of your information, prayer is for revelation, instruction, and direction. I teach, I teach prophets all the time. You cannot be a prophetic voice. You cannot even be a voice of God if you don't pray. There is no other way you can do it. Prayer is the muscle. And the reason why people don't want to pray is because prayer takes work. Prayer takes labor. There is no other Fact. answer. Fact. There is no other way. There is no other way. How are you going to access the, the realm of the spirit? Through prayer. You can do consecration, but without prayer, you're just on a diet. Yes. Consecration does not get you closer to God. Consecration disciplines your flesh. Fasting disciplines your flesh. What gets you closer to God is when you incorporate fasting, I mean, prayer in your fasting. Prayer is the dialect or the, or the, or the communication that, that gets you to God. Discipline your flesh and pray. You can't speak on the behalf of God if you don't talk to God. There is no other way. Prayer is the way. That's good. You're right. You're exactly right. That's one of the ways that I tell people all the time. If I don't have time to pray, then how you expect me to be prophesying? I'm just saying, I'm about to hear God's voice, not just my own. You're exactly right. You're talking right. You don't have to pray to prophesy. What's wrong with you? Oh, I pray to prophesy. I'll be happy. No, 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 no. Oh, God, I got to teach you something again. <laughs> I pray for Jerry, I think you're going to have to pull that prophet card. I think you're going to have to do it. Look, I you, pray first. I don't know what. You don't. See, when when you've been. Okay, okay. Maybe you have to do that now because of your, 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 your level. But there is a level that you can reach where you can't turn it on or off facts okay you can walk down you You're can right. walk down the street and i can see something on somebody Talk. and i just and i and i just start prophesying okay facts and, and it'd be true it'd be accurate but I now I'm just, i understand that your level where you are now you know it, it, yeah you got i think it's just a protocol <laughs> thing for me because I mean, I agree with you on exactly what you're saying because I've had that experience before. But normally for me, if I'm gonna give a word to somebody, I would prefer to pray first. You know what I'm saying? Maybe just, like I said, that's probably just a preference for me. But normally, you know what I'm saying? If I'm walking down the street, I'll probably see some God drop something in my spirit. I can completely prophesy then at that moment. But at the same time, I think that it's more so about me always wanting to be in alignment with hearing his voice. You know what I'm saying? That I'm just so, focused on, hey, let me go ahead and just pray about this first. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, when, they're, they're, in your prophetic walk, there's going to come come a time if you keep pressing and keep going deeper 
and keep selling out for God and, and pray and in the word. There will come a time in your life, and I teach my prophets, there is no way you can be a prophet and somebody come up to you and you tell them you don't have a word. Impossible. You're right. You're a prophet. You are the word of God in the earth realm. What you mean you ain't got no word? What's wrong with you? Go back and pray. You ain't (laughs) a prophet. You're developing. You're not a prophet. You're developing. Go back and pray. (laughs) See, that's why I say I got to pray. I be happy to make sure. (laughs) I be need double check. Anybody else want to chime in? Because this has been a powerful conversation. And it's almost 11 o'clock on the dot to be exact. And I ain't going to hold y'all too long because I'm at the church right now working on some graphics, working on some pictures, um, working on some things for, you know, everything that's coming up next. But I definitely want to give everybody space and grace, you know, to always chime into the conversation. I seen somebody drop something in the back channel um, about another interview, and I haven't had the chance to watch the interview because I'm not a big fan of Tasha K. But I'm going to definitely go back and look at it because I think it's so interesting that people are becoming more bold about this witchcraft thing, this shadow work thing. This just even... Even the generation after me, like I noticed a lot of young people, Pastor Jerry recently, even started picking up like tarot cards and stuff like that. And I just think it's just so amazing, amazing in an interesting way because people are so desperate to find God. They're so desperate to have magic and power and all this other stuff, but cannot really find it or articulate it or possess it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I just think it's interesting because people are finding all kinds of ways to be. I guess be more like God, I guess. The Bible says. They try and be more like if, God. The, no, 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 you ain't. You're trying to access another way to God. Facts. That's what it is. Pa- Pastor Jacob, and I'm going to say this. Pastor Charles, I'm, I'm going to say this. And I'm, I'm in because I got I got a meeting with Bishop Walker. The Bible says. <laughs> it's in your Bible if you didn't rip it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you. Oh, I, I felt like speaking in tongue right there. If you try to come any other way to God except through Jesus, you are a thief and a robber. A in whole words, thief and a whole you, robber. You, you're trespassing. You're a trespasser. I believe it's in John 15 that says, I am the door. You've got to go through Jesus. And if you try to go any other way, you're a tarot card, you're a thief, you're a robber, you're a trespasser. Shadows. If we if we could get if if we if our passion would be for God and the will of God for our lives, as we have the passion for finding out other ways, how much powerful would we be as a church? Come on. I feel, I feel a weep in my spirit right there. We are seeking after so much other stuff, but what the will of God is. You want to know why? You want to know why people are doing tarot cards and shadowing and oh, I manifested this? Because they don't want to wait on God. Oh, come on it's now. all about them. It's all about their flesh. It's all today. about themselves. It's all about what they can do. Okay, I'm done. I got to go to a meeting. Nigga love everybody. Teach the people. <laughs> Don't need Pastor Jerry. Prophet Jerry, I got a quick question. I got a quick question while uh, I'm in between stops. You said something that uh, sparked my interest. 
You say, you know, uh, if a prophet say they ain't got a word for you. I have said, and uh, the Lord had told me something about someone, but I could not give them that word. Now, I'm not a prophet, but I do prophesy. So, you know, I know the difference. But I have heard, my daughter-in-law has said, sometimes God gives her a word but she can't give it to that person. And I always would ask the Lord, well, why you tell me that if you don't want me to tell them that? <laughs> well, let know, me answer I, that. I, I, let, I me answer, let me answer that real quick. Uh, when, that's, called, that's called the gift of revelation. Gift of revelation is for three things. When God shows you something, one, he wants you to know, he wants you to know it. Two, when he wants you to know it, he wants you to do something about it. Three, after he wants you to know it and he wants you to do something about it, then you pray, Lord, what should I do with what you showed me? Amen. It's not about what you can I, reveal, but it's about what you can conceal. And sometimes, a lot of times, the Lord don't even want you to say it. He wants you to pray it through. Because okay, a lot of times. I do do that because it, it freaks me out because I'm like, what? I don't understand. You're going to help me with this one because I have no clue, you know. Uh so I get that and I understand that. But you said all prophets should be able to give a word. Absolutely. So I, Absolutely. I, I was like, if you stand in front of me, I should be able to prophesy to you. That that but that that comes with maturity. That comes with self-denial. That comes with a lot of preparation, a lot of breaking, and being in this for a long time, very, very true to your assignment. Like anybody, anybody can come in front of me. And matter of fact, I can turn around. I ain't even gotta see you. And I could just prophesy to who that's how I, I say, yeah. that's how I test prophets. I have them turn around and have somebody face them, but they're facing their back. And I say, prophesy. You're a prophet? Prophesy. That's the real test. Well, y'all not ready for my school. You're, you're really not. You're really not. Listen, listen, listen. I mean, how, how about this? Uh, for me, sometimes it's a thing where, um, you know, somebody say, what do you have for me? What is the Lord speaking to you right now? And sometimes it starts off with the scripture. Sometimes the scripture will drop in my spirit. And then from there, it flows. It starts to flow. Um, I was there. Um, I heard, and sometimes you could just hear something and Holy Spirit will give you a word for it. I, I was at this that funeral and the pastor was saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, we're doing okay, but we're having problems trying to find a building. And the building, it's just like trying to find a building. We know some other folks have gone out of business and out of, they're no longer pastors, but it seems like we can't get the buildings. The buildings are, are vacant and whatever. And I told him, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, stop looking for a particular look. I can make something out of anything. God, God spoke to me to tell him that. He, I can make something out of anything. So, and of course, you know, I'm living that, uh, Prophet Jerry, because you've been to church and uh, Prophet uh, Omaris, you're coming at some point. Um, and so is everybody else in here. Um, you're welcome. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when you've lived certain things, you even have a word for somebody that's who's trying to see it another way. And the word for them was just to stop looking for the obvious. Start looking and, and, and allowing yourself to be um, open to something that may not look like church the way you normally would see it. And that was the word that I had for him. And he was like, thank you for that word. He said, I needed to hear that because I've been just kind of, and I told him, I said, I heard what you said about that. And this is what Holy Spirit spoke to me to tell you. And that was it. And I think sometimes we also need, don't need to make it so, um, so spooky. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, 
today, you know, and speaking in King James. Sometimes you don't need to speak in King James, just speak in regular talking, you know. Um, and I think that's another thing. But back to one of the things you said, uh, Prophet uh, Amarius, you were saying, um, I think it's sad that we have to um, always point the finger at somebody else and saying that they are uh, witches and stuff like that. Um, when, I mean, when they may be or sometimes like that, but do you think that is a thing that we need to always point out no. necessarily? No. Uh, sometimes, I mean, you know, sometimes you just need to kind of, uh, let it, let it play. If you, if the Holy Spirit is telling you to do something or speak to them and you have audience with them to tell them, Hey, you know what? This right here was wrong. You need to stream that out or God will send you in that moment. Most of us don't even have uh, audience with people like that. And so all we can do is do, say something on Facebook. And that's been the danger of social media is that now everybody yes. got to say on stuff yep. Um, yep. in your life, it seems like at times. So um, pray the Lord. I'm going to go on mute on that. Good no, morning. You right. Good morning, Pastor Jacob. Come on. How's everyone doing? I hope all is well. Pastor Jerry, I'm putting you on the same list I have. Pastor Charles on. I don't like either one of you. Um, I was going to sit back and just listen today. Uh, but let me let me say this really quickly and I'll get out of the way. Um, the, the issue, two things. Number one, uh, Pastor Jerry, the thing that the reason why people are trying so many different ways is because we have stopped teaching the responsibility of the presence of God. I'm going to try it again. We've, we've stopped teaching that there is a responsibility to his presence. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, you know, him coming to give you a new car, not new, another word. You haven't obeyed the first word you received. The responsibility to God's presence. Uh, sometimes the Bible says that uh, God calls Moses uh, up to give him the word, the tablets, the uh, the Ten Commandments. He sits in the glory of God for uh, six days before God ever speaks. I'm going to try it again. He's called up to a meeting with God, and he sits in silence for six days uh, before God ever speaks uh, to him concerning the, the Ten Commandments that he puts, he pins with his finger. I, I, I am... I think one of the things that God has been dealing with me on is the fact that uh, we expect an instantaneous result because we are are more caught up with God saying a word than being in the presence of the word giver. So we don't have a responsibility to his presence uh, and thereby we diminish the capacity of his word. We don't get the true understanding, the true brunt, the true meaning of his word because we don't even honor the presence. Uh, that's like you taking everything I say uh, and you don't even know me, don't care about me, don't like me. Uh, you can't stand me. You don't want to be in my presence for more than five seconds. However, you take everything I say, you make millions of dollars off of it. We've literally done that to the divine where we've Thanks. taken his word and we've made merchandise of his word, but we have not made responsibility or taken the responsibility of his presence. Is his presence uh, as, as powerful and as dynamic to you as his word or as the word that you're expecting him to give you? Can you exist in his presence without him saying anything? 
Oh, I'm about to get in trouble. Now, let me let me back up really quick and I'm done. Most of us keep talking about, well, it's Beyonce this, it's Beyonce that. Number one, you will never ever uh, put your, uh, whenever you have an opinion and you are a fan, you will never ever see a wrong. Most of the time we miss the wrong because we are so caught up in the person and the fan. Now, I'm not calling the girl a witch. That's between her and God. That's 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 her position with God. I'm, I don't have to, to say anything. I can say that that, you know, one blurb of me saying I want to thank God for this gift. I want to thank God this, that and the third is not enough when when you literally and I know your background. I've heard uh, her grow up in church, yada, yada, yada. Her parents know God. Wonderful. All of that is wonderful. However, I need you to understand that you know a tree by the fruit it bears. And what is the fruit that she's bearing? Can you be nourished uh, spiritually by what she's bearing? Can you be nourished and will it lead you to the God of the tree or will it lead you to the person who planted the tree? Uh, it is it is important for me, and, and I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm just being Jacob. This is who I am. It's important for me to understand that no matter who you are, whether you're Beyonce or you're George Bloomer or you're uh, 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 Jacob Hobson or you're Charles, uh, Pastor Charles, or you're yeah, whoever you are, you are, before you open your mouth, we look at who you are, the track record of what you've done in the past, track record of what you're currently doing and we make a judgment call on your fruit uh, not on your intentions but on your fruit and that's the issue in church we demand uh that that oh my god yeah but he ain't doing nothing he, he this is he, listen ladies and gentlemen i don't care whether you're in church or you're outside of church what have you produced and if we would put a demand on the production we would not get so caught up and so drawn away by our own lust in the presentation. I'll shut my mouth. The fruit inspector has spoken again. Right, the fruit is picked out. <laughs> Pastor Jacob, what do you say? Uh, and I may have missed it, but what do you say to like the younger generation who are stuck on trying to, you know, trying to, to focus on tarot cards, focus on um, astrology, trying to, you know, do all of that that supernatural crazy stuff? You really don't want to ask me that question because I get in trouble with these questions like this. Uh, wasn't it a star that led G the, the wise men to Jesus? I'm... It was astrology that led them to Jesus. However, it was not the perverted understanding of astrology that we have in today's society. Facts. Understand something. You must understand that it was astrology. It was following the star that brought them to the divine. Now, the, 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 the issue is that the intent of them following the star was to find God. And understand something about this understanding. Uh, people are doing whatever they can to find God because the church stopped giving answers. We're giving more questions than we're giving. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. We're giving more questions than we're giving answers now. We're giving more. We're, we're calling people to question more then we're, we're bringing them to the answer or to the solution known as Jesus Christ. Because we have a watered down theology. We have a watered down, 
I, I'm going to tell you again, the cross was not a get out of jail free card. It was an example as to what your life is going to look like when you when you become a part of the Christian the Christian movement. If any man comes after me, the first thing he must do is deny himself, take up his cross. I can't get nobody to talk to me and follow me. You can't do uh, what you want to do. You don't have permission to be who you want to be, and all of this stuff that you're all of these people trying to become famous and trying to be grand and trying to have a, a star on the the Holy Ghost Walk of Fame. Listen, let me tell you something. Whenever you are literally doing what it, what you're doing as a self-promotion. You will always find your understanding that your promotion will fall flat because self-promotion is, is, is congruent with the self that's promoting. So if you're not if you're not good and bad enough to get you out of the mess you're in currently, what makes you think that you're bad enough and good enough to change the direction of the divine so that he can do what you want him to do and you don't do what he wants you to do? Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I don't care whether you uh, like me or not. You have to understand that God does not allow you to have any other kinds of ways to come at him and come to him. There's only one way. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. And so all of these things are are they they are they exist. They've existed for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. However, when the solution came, uh, which was Jesus Christ, the answers were no longer relevant. I'm going to try it again. When the solution came, the answers were no longer relevant. There's a big difference between the answer and the solution. The solution is the finality of the problem. The answer is the step to get you to the solution. And don't ever confuse the two because there are some of y'all right now who don't even understand that what you're doing is a part of the answer, but it's not the solution. Jesus will always uh, be the solution to God. He will always be the door. He will always so no matter what you're doing and no matter where you're going, if he is not the, the, the door by which you got there, you will always get a quick exit and the exit will be a lot harder than the door being open. God bless. Heaven smile upon you. Uh, Pastor Jacob, uh, yes, I want to tell you now, uh, you know, you, you're not going to hear me talking because when you start talking, I don't want to push my mic and interrupt what you're saying because, you know, because uh, you're saying some uh, main, some main truths there. Have you ever noticed, though, that most people don't have a problem with saying they love God, but they will mess you up if you say anything about Jesus? I'm going on you. Absolutely, because Jesus is the only name that, watch this, it's the only name that gives God definition. <laughs> Let me see if I can do it another way. He said, I've given him a name that's above every name that at the name of Jesus. Oh, God, help me. Uh, God is the position. Okay, I'm going to shut up. God bless. Nah, don't, don't slip away now. They killing me with this I'm going to shut up thing. I don't know what that means. You know, uh that confuses me because why would you shut up in the middle of a good point? Tell him to come back, Mama Lynn. <laughs> Mama Lynn is because some 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 people 
have built their theology on what they feel is right. And to, to get to a place where uh, I, 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 I love uh, bursting bubbles. I love getting us to the place where we understand uh, where where God is really coming from and what God is really saying. However, uh, one of the greatest things that you'll understand about about that uh, mandate in ministry is that it is not the most popular uh, position to be in. However, uh, I am not in a popularity contest. But the truth of the matter is, sometimes uh, you you when you're in this point of of ministry, you literally say, God, can I, uh, I don't get a chance to preach those uh, flowery, uh, you know, God's going to change everything and you ain't got to change nothing messages. I don't get a chance to do a whole bunch of those uh, messages where, you know, all we got to do is dance it out and shout it out and and you ain't never changed. Your your character is beneath the, the privileges of what you're asking for. You're, you're, we, I don't get a chance to preach those messages. My, my the, Everything that God, God calls me to and i'm not saying anything is wrong with that for that that pastor that preacher that that's between them and their god that's between them and god uh everything that god calls me to it is a hard truth because it first of all hits me so hard it's not even funny i have to be disciplined by every word that comes out of my mouth and so that's I, good jacob because because sometimes i don't even want to be disciplined by what God is telling me to say. I don't, sometimes I want to get away from the fact that it, that <laughs> I don't want God, I don't want to be uh, disciplined by that today because I still feel like I want sometimes to just be an okay guy who just sits in the back and nobody knows who I am. And, and I'm, I'm sometimes so good with that because with, with exposure comes responsibility. I don't want to be exposed to, to what, because now when you start talking like this, you're judged by the words you say, you're judged by what, 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 uh, so, so there, there, there are tons of people I've helped thousands upon thousands of people, but the moment I get in a situation where, where, uh, it's something that my flesh does contradict something that the word says, not knowing, uh, not even giving account to the fact that the word is perfect. My flesh is imperfect, not giving an account to, to giving to the account that, that I am not God. I'm just his representative. What people will do is they will try to hang you by your own words. And so sometimes mama live, when I shut up and I go on mute, it's not because uh, I, I don't have more to say. It's because I'm being disciplined at the same time I'm giving out the word. So it hurts me more than it hurts you. I never understood that uh, phrase until I began to really understand getting in the word of God like crazy. My parents, my mama used to tell me whenever she was going to spank my behind, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. I learned that personally by delivering the word of God, that sometimes it hurts me more than it will ever hurt you because I have to be disciplined by what you get a choice to receive. God bless you. I get that. I get that and I understand it because um, uh, it's a person in this room to get on me about that. Uh, I ain't gonna call out no names, Elder. Uh, there's a person that's not in this room that get on me about that. And, and, and they have well taught me that when the Lord wants you to say something, you need to say it. Whether it hurts or not, you go ahead and say it. It's not. it Because it, if you keep it, you're hurting yourself more than you are hurting the people. And I get that and I understand it. But see, you just made it 
even more understandable and more easier for me, even though you really didn't want to. And I don't like them sugary coated um, messages. I really don't. I like them uh, drag out, go down my throat. I'm getting ready to kick your tail because you you really need to hear this type of word because I can get in my feelings. And when Lynn get in her feelings, Lynn goes sit down somewhere and she shut up. Don't don't bother me. Don't say nothing to me. I don't want to hear it. It, it, it's, it's that. So I need that. So thank you for uh, not shutting up and going ahead and saying what you needed to say. Because truth be told, prophet need to hear it too. Listen, I need to hear it all. Whatsoever. He just be looking for spaces for that we stop talking so that he can jump in there because he ain't paying attention. He working. Thank God for Jesus. That's all I got to say. Thank God for Jesus. Pastor Jacob, I do be paying attention. I just be multitasking because, you know, it's be church business going on. I be having to, you know, make sure it's something that got to do with me. Sometimes it, it, it got to do with me. Sometimes it don't. So I be multitasking over here. <laughs> <laughs> I, ain't doing, I ain't doing nothing but creating graphics right now. That's about it. But uh, what we can do, honestly, is get to final remarks and question of the day. Because this has been an interesting conversation. Tomorrow, I think I'm going to talk about exorcism. Because it's a new exorcism movie that came out. And it's interesting because it got these black people in there. And I ain't never seen um, black people be so, like, I don't know. I ain't never seen black people have an exorcism done on them. So I plan on watching the exorcism movie. But um, I think it's definitely worth having a conversation about as well. um, As we talk about more of the spooky stuff as well. Because we're also going to talk about them spooky tongues again. But hey, yeah. This has just, this just been a great conversation. I got to go ahead and finish getting back to work. But the question of the day is simple. Y'all know I always like leaving a room on a positive note on something that's smart, something that's, you know, fun, funny or fun, whatever the case may be. And this one was interesting because I seen it on my local news this morning. And it was basically just talking about people in showers and, you know, all that good stuff. And I want to ask you guys that same the same question. Because of course y'all know I had to get into a new routine of coming to the church and all the other stuff. Most of the time I'm used to just waking up doing the show and working from home. I go downstairs to the kitchen, fix me some snacks, do all the other stuff and just continue to work from home. But now you know what I'm saying, I have to actually come up to the church and they do like maybe an hour or two up here, and then I'll probably go back home. You know what I'm saying? Depending on how much work I gotta do. But with that being said, I'm noticing that I'm normally tired at nighttime and I only want to take my shower at nighttime and I just get up in the morning. Now granted I prefer to take showers in the morning because it wakes me up, it refreshes me, it gets me um, you know, it gets me vibrant, it makes me feel, you know, a little excited. But if I know I got a busy morning and I don't want to get up too early, I'll take my shower at night. So, you know, my schedule right now, it's just up in the air. You know what I'm saying? It's an up in the air type of thing. But the question of the day is simple because it's for you. 
when do you usually take a shower or prefer to take a shower? You know what I'm saying? Most people say they want to take it in the morning when they first wake up so they can feel fresh, you know what I'm saying, start their day out right. Some people prefer to take theirs at nighttime because they got to get up so early. They want to get their extra sleep. And you know what I'm saying? They like washing the, the funk off from yesterday and just waking up in a new day. So I don't know. <laughs> it's on you. But the question of the day is simple. When do you prefer to take your showers? In the morning or in the nighttime and me i'm probably like if i take a shower at nighttime it's probably gonna be like a 30 minutes to an hour nap i mean not an hour nap 30 minutes to an hour shower but if it's in the morning time i'm probably gonna do me like a, a 10 15 minute shower and that's about it but yeah pull the refresh see what you guys are on the stage and we're gonna go in that order with final remarks and question of the day mama lynn it's on you Ooh, uh that depends that depends I like taking them in the morning so I could wake up. Uh, one job I had at Amazon, I was taking them at night because I'd be so tired and I need my body to relax a lot more. And I was taking them in the morning so I could wake up to, to, for that day. So it, it, it depends. It depends on what my day looked like, what I got to do or whatever. So. Uh, majority of the time, I really like taking them in the morning. Um, I have my God conversation, uh, in the shower. So I like taking them in the morning. So that's where I'm at. I like taking them in the morning. And Pastor Charles, I'm glad you popped back in the room because Carlotta asked about that, uh, coffee that you had at Starbucks yesterday, and she needed to know the details of how that made, because she want to go get her one. I think that's how I read it in the comments. Let y'all, y'all have a good day, and I'm going to listen, because I'm going to finish my route. Also, thank you so much, Mama Lynn. Pastor Charles, I'm throwing it over to you, sir. Do -do -do -do. Do I sound um, kind of practically or anything like that? Something came out of your stairs to me before I start talking. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. Good day. Good sir. Good service. Lord. Good. <laughs> Good uh, uh, talk today. Um, always really, honestly, um, I just love to be able to kind of rub shoulders with some great people, and and it just makes my Makes my uh, mind puts my mind in a place where I can actually, yeah, hey, you know, think spiritually at all times rather than just, you know, listening to the debauchery and laughing all the time, you know. But anyway, of course, I'm laughing over here too. But it's great to be with you all. Um, as far as showers, Lord Jesus, yes, uh, morning is my go-to. Um, I have gone to bed late at times, and I was like, in order to be able to kind of really wind down, I've taken a shower at night. I don't care what happened in the morning. I had to throw some water on me somehow. So uh, that's a big deal to me. So, uh, you know, because I mean, you don't, I mean, you, you don't not uh, put water on yourself. And sometimes when you didn't put it on cologne, that don't work because funky cologne don't, don't go together. Um, so, yeah, you got to put some water <laughs> on you somehow. You got to put some water on you somehow. And then, hey, once, you, man. Once, then once you washed, then once you have washed yourself clean and let the water let the water out and everything you've done, uh, then you put on the cologne and, and 
something. By the way, you put cologne on your body, not on the clothes. You put it on your body and not your clothes. So, anyway, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, I usually I usually do it in the morning. But if if um, something else that I need to do, like I have a really early, 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 early flight, I go, I'll try to take it at night so that I can kind of get up in the morning, throw some water on me, make sure to wash my face and stuff like that, make sure my stuff is right, everything's still smelling good, and then do what you got to do. But as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of, you know, wash. It won't hurt you. Don't do this. And put Talking some grease or oil or something on that ashy body. That part, Mama Lynn. Um, that's it. I so I have a hard time going to sleep. I have a very hard time going to sleep. So night is what I prefer. Um, because it really shuts me down. Showers in the morning do not wake me up by any means. That hot water takes my body down. So if I if I have to do it in the morning. It's going to be super quick. So, shower at night. And in the morning, I got to do it like lukewarm. Um, that's the only way it's going to wake me up. Otherwise, I'm going to want to go lay down for a So, and I have to get up so early. I'm up at like 5 45, 6 um, to get up, get my daughter together for school and all that jazz. And when she's out the door, sometimes the boy is up. So my mornings are just, it's a lot. And if I'm not going anywhere, doing it at night, it's fine. If I have somewhere to go, then that's different. Um, if I got to take one and wind down, I'll take one and wind down, and I'll take one when I get up if I have somewhere to go. But if I'm just in the house, nighttime it is. Um, and Pastor Charles, I, I don't know. I, I think it goes on the body, but I like it on the clothes, too, because I want you to, when I walk by you, I want, it, I want that wind to catch you. I want it to catch you real good. Especially when I got on that the good good like the Valentino and Jimmy Choo and yeah I want my clothes to catch you I want I want my coat to, like the coat win I want it to catch you so that's just me I, it just goes everywhere but um good combo all in all um God willing I will be back here tomorrow I do have an appointment but God willing I, I can jump in and chat a little bit I'm gonna pass into the next person. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, who we got? We got Money B in the building. Money, when, you don't know if he was here for most of the conversation, but I definitely want to give you space and grace to chime in. So go ahead. Check in or check out. What's up, y'all? Sorry. Um, I was dumb late to church, so I caught altar call. Um, but y'all know I believe in soap. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Definitely a necessity in this day and age especially um some of the saints don't believe in that um because they shout when don't be smelling right but um i am actually not as crazy as i used to be as far as showers i used to be on a shot i used to showers huh we here to party at your house prophet oh my fault I ain't um, at the house. I'm at the office. At the office, at the church, both of them, all of them. Um, I used to take three showers a day. I know that probably sounds excessive to a lot of people, but I was in sports, and I personally feel like people are extremely nasty. Um, so being in and around, like, in areas with people and around people, 
I used to have to take a shower three times a day. Um, I am a mom. I can't do all of that. So usually for me, um, I shower in the morning or at night um, or sometimes both. So I'll hit probably two showers a day. But I am a bath type of girl because I've been needing to soak my body. So the type of days that I've been having, I've been needing to soak my body, especially when I used to work in warehouse with all the heavy lifting and everything. So honestly, I don't like sitting in dirty water. So I would take a shower first <laughs> and then sit in some Epsom salt or something. But I'm going, water will touch my body every day without a question. I just, I, it has to be that way. I believe in clean bodies hallelujah and bodies that are moisturized like mama lynn would say don't you get out walking around looking like you got on white tights get some lotion on that body put water on the outside of your body as well as on the inside of your body back to you prophet <laughs> money what's your typical shower time like how long do you typically take to be honest it depends on the day if i have to hit a quick shower because we got a full day ahead of us i'm just i'm gonna wash my whole body i don't feel like mine has a time on it but if i have a little extra time i don't know it's gonna be probably about 20 25 minutes i got to bask in the hot water <laughs> my shower the shower is my thinking time to be honest a lot of times when i'm when I'm not sitting down in front of a notebook, that's where I kind of process everything. That's the only time when my kids ain't um my full nerve. You know what I'm saying? Usually I lock the door. Sometimes I used to slip their little fingers up under the door and wiggle them. Um, but when I'm in the shower, I don't see that. So, <laughs> Girl, a shower is a whole mind break, okay? Okay, in that's a real the way. Only time. I feel like I don't hear that. And then, see, during the day, why I really don't do it during the day is because if I'm in the shower, I'll be thinking I hear Roman crying. Yeah. Oh, seconds. my. You're a mom. You Ooh, know I you hear them phantom cries. <laughs> the baby be dead asleep, and you be thinking the baby is crying. So that's the Ebony. one reason why I don't do it during the day, too. Was, when yeah. I first had my son, it was so bad. I used to just put his little bouncer in the bathroom. So I'm like, we're going to just open you up with this steam anyways, but you're just going to be right there next to me because I'm not going to keep hopping out the shower thinking you screaming, crying. And they be quiet. It's something about being a mom. Yeah. You think that baby is crying. So Yeah, you yeah. you have the that track in your head of them just screaming, going off. And they be chilling, living their best life. Yeah, that's why nighttime is it for me. Everybody sleep. Husband in bed, he be knocked out, and I can get that 30... 40 minutes in that shower. Child, okay. I rearrange my whole life in the shower, okay? okay. Grocery list. Uh, Ladies, I do not room. miss that at all. I'm sorry, Ebony. I do not miss that at all. Oh, yeah, I you. used you to do that, crying. too. Has yeah. soap all over my body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> About, About to slip and bust your hip. Okay, break your hip. <laughs> yeah, they big to the world. I don't miss mm-hmm. it at all. Yeah. I pray for y'all. Yeah, but that shower yeah, time, I'll be man. feeling closer to God. I ain't gonna hold you. I have a for little real. more peace. It opens up my thinking. I'm able to restructure things in my mind. 
Then when I get out the shower, I can get it on paper. Everything just makes more sense when your body's clean. It does. Girl, I have these shower bombs now that really keep me in there. Back my and Body Lord. Works and messed around and made my favorite aromatherapies in the shower bombs. Child, you drop that thing in the bottom of that shower, it lights that whole bathroom. Like, my husband be like, up, oh, you got shower bombs. All right, I'll see you in an hour. <laughs> see you in an hour. I'm glad you know right, it. All right, good night now. Because, um, yeah, I'm out. I'm, I'm gone. And I have a Bluetooth speaker in there. So my if I'm in the room, I can play that. If I got my music, I can play that. I got a, um, I don't ever really use it anymore, but I have a holder that's like suction that'll hold a cup, a wine glass, oh, whatever. On the shower wall, baby. Honey, you about to move in. You some a wrap? The shower is my office on most nights, okay? So where can I get some of those shower bombs at? I love and that. Bath and Body Works and has the scents that I like. They're aromatherapy. I like the eucalyptus lavender. So you can get yeah. them from Bath and Body Works. So I Let, use Buff the one City I like called too. Breathe Deeply. Buff City Soap. So Breathe Deeply is a scent that I like. It's eucalyptus and lavender. You know, lavender kind of helps you settle down. Um, so now see, I, I like. was just in Bath and Body Works, and my daughter had me smell this candle called Coffee Whiskey. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, That's, yeah. I like candles, but I can't burn them because I got small kids. Christian, he love him some Bath and Body Works. He's talking about, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead, money. Yeah. But that shower, yeah, that's when me and the Lord had them good old conversations. That's due to me. Okay, my life get rearranged in the right way. I'm going to have to go to Bath and Body Works today. Man, you said something about a, sh- a shower, shower bombs, bomb. Bro, they got them in all <laughs> the Have y'all tried Buff City soaps? I don't know what Buff City that. is, Elder. What, what, what is that? It's called Buff City that. soaps. They have the shower bombs, fizzles. Now, where you get that, that from? The, where the do you laundry get that from? detergent. You can put your, get your laundry detergent, your favorite scent. You where do get, you get it from, Elder? It's a store called Buff City. Oh, no, so, we don't have that in North Carolina. I never heard of that. It's online, too. Check it out. Okay, I'm going to have to go out there and look. But see, I got to smell it first. I can't just order. I got to smell it. Well, I know it's some in the Carolinas. Uh, go online and see if one close to you. I'm going to look. I'm a little buff city soap, you said, right? Yes, B U F F city soaps. Okay, but E B B I Shonda, while I'm here, I'm getting ready to go to Bath and Body Works in a few. That'll minutes. work. It'll do. In the both and side. brother, they got them in the men's scents now. My husband loves that whiskey reserve from Bath. Uh huh. That's a nice they one. They got them in that too. Yeah, he loves whiskey reserve. That's his favorite one of all. I'm I'm finna go check them um, out. What does that smell like? Whiskey reserve. You go see. Oh, it's it annoying. Like wrong man. It's not like a wrong man. It's going to take you up. And love his wife. Take you up into the heavenly. Sign up with Hosha. It's not like a grown man who take his kids and love his wife. Wait a minute. So you can get this from. That mahogany teak wood smells like a grown black man. Now that's mine. That's my favorite. That's right there. That's mine too. So Bath and Body Works has the shower bombs. Is that what I heard? Yes, sir. Okay, I I'm gonna testify because I'm going in a few minutes. Oh Lord, I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna go. I'm probably gonna go down the street to my question for Monty B about um, skincare. Um, I recently I was I was using what you were telling me before, what you mentioned a year a uh, year ago about using like the different kinds of sponge or whatever, natural sponge or whatever for your face and stuff, body. 
my question is, uh, is it okay to use one of those? I have this razor uh, or this 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 machine, this little uh, battery operated thing that does shaving and stuff like that, but it has a brush inside of it that I guess is for your face. Is that safe to use on a daily basis for the most part? And now she uh -oh, She might have disappeared to get them kids oh, together. Lord. Where's the dermatologist? Yes, yeah, we need the dermatologist. Yeah, she's the, come on. Yeah, she's the, yeah, she's a local dermatologist without having to go to see man. But Pastor Charles, I would think as long as you're she, cleaning that brush regularly, as long as you're, you know, you're not allowing the stuff to build up in it. it like if it's, you're able to take it off and clean it, like disinfect it. That's the biggest thing with like razors. Um, those shaving things, how men end up with a lot of those bumps and stuff is because you can't get in the parts and like sanitize that stuff. So if you could just make sure you can get it off and clean it, that will definitely help you. Perfect. That's kind of what I've been kind of doing, but I just wanted to be sure she, you know, she had this whole regimen like and that kind of thing. So I wanted to be sure. <laughs> Thank you. Hydrogen peroxide is a good disinfectant cleaner on anything when it comes to brushes. Y'all know more than me. Y'all know more than me. All right. Did anybody else not answer the question of the day in final remarks? I, Sorry, I know I'm over here working. I didn't answer. I like showers. Uh, I I like them in the morning because they wake me up. But sometimes at night you want it. It'll take me down when it needs to take me down. Uh, God talks to me a lot <laughs> in the showers. Uh, so that's, I love showers because I go in there and listen. Plus, not to mention, I have a shower chair. So I can sit down when I want to in the shower. And <laughs> praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's the shower chair for me. It's the, right, I'm going to say it's the shower chair for me. <laughs> I've got one. It's been the best thing I could have ever bought. I first bought it because I couldn't stand long on my feet. But God has made my health better and my numbers better and things that work. And I sometimes just sit and let the water hit. And just sit there. Amen. <laughs> you better. She said, I got the shower. Chill. I ain't going to count. I, I, I didn't make I God think plenty the shower of time. Is, brother, you said, what my shower is, I think the shower is great because we are uh, naked, unafraid. We are totally open. You know, he, he, he got us. Got our attention, but Nicky got our attention. Yeah. So do. <laughs> I don't know how Pastor Charles put himself in the audience. He's probably swiping, but yeah, ain't gonna cap. The question of the day, I see Brandon uh, was wanted to answer to. The question of the day was just simple: When do you prefer to take your showers at nighttime or in the morning time? And I ain't gonna cap. That's why I liked working from home because, like I was saying earlier, granted, like Patrick Jerry said, I don't need to, you know pray to prophesy but that's how i stay connected to god and i ain't gonna cap there are plenty of times where i meet god just in a shower and of course because of my my house is ran by google and the internet and whatnot i literally tell google to turn all the lights blue in the house turn on me a warm shower put on some prophetic worship music or something yes sir and i literally just be in there talking to god and me and god would just meet and that's those are some of the times where i've written some of my best 
prophecies, some of the best work that I've ever done, some of the best ideas and strategies that God has given me on, on leading, like something though they came in a shower. So yeah, I ain't gonna cap. I prefer, you know what I'm saying, like a nighttime shower, daytime shower, because it'd be dark and it make me feel good. But then like I said, it's the morning showers that actually wake you up. Like that 5 a.m. in the morning shower, oh yeah, it's gonna wake you up, get your day started, get your praise and worship together. And you'll have a bomb, or at least that's how it is for me. But Brandon, I'm just what they call the, the thing in the I don't don't know what the official name is, but it 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 makes the sound. You turn it on, it makes the sound in in your bathroom. I guess it, it takes out odors or whatever it does. The you know, I have I'm, no idea. I've never heard of the it. Exhaust, the exhaust fan. fan. The exhaust fan. Thank you. Oh, the exhaust I, fan. I turned that yeah. on. And I don't hear nothing outside that bathroom door. So I, I have no choice but to hear the father. That I turn, I, when I know I want to talk to the father for something specific, definite, or I know I want to hear him because he, he done pulled on my spirit because he's about to tell me something, I turn that I don't hear nothing but him with that on. <laughs> <Nothing. laughs> Listen, I definitely understand. <laughs> I, I can't even think about She said the exhaust fan. <laughs> All right, last but not least, Brandon, I see you came up to answer the question of the day, so I'm going to throw it over to you, sir. Well, well, first of all, good morning, everybody. I ain't been on Clubhouse in a while, so I see Elder Chandra, Prophet Christian, Mama Lynn. It's been a while, guys, but good morning to y'all. Um, yeah, showers, man, I would say I got to do both. Like, I I take two a day. Um, the morning time is good for me because, like, like you said, it just – kind of wakes you up, get your day started. Um, and then at nighttime, I don't really like going to bed without taking a shower. Like, that's just for me. I just can't do it. Um, but I do know that a lot of times when I do take a shower, it is not just to get clean, but it's kind of like me time. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be uh, me listening to a podcast or me praying or, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's like just my time where I don't have to worry right. about anybody else or anything. Cause you know, as a man, we have our own stresses and then let that throughout the day, but just some time to unwind, let the water hit you, you relax, clear your thoughts, you know what I mean? And go from there. So for me, I got to do both though. Um, just from a perspective of mental health. Okay, he had cut off. I don't know what happened, but yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I used to be a two a day type of person too, but that's what I'm probably like working. Like if I go out, if I know, you know what I'm saying, I gotta work out somewhere, like technically, you know, I'd be doing the dish stuff like that. If I have an event, I'ma definitely probably do a two a day because I'm probably gonna take one in the morning just to make sure I'm fresh, start my day off right. But because you know what I'm saying, when I do events, I'm always out talking to people, running around, sweating, producing all that other stuff. Afterwards, I get home, I be wanting to, yeah, I just want to take a bath too, because I'll be wanting to smell funky. <laughs> you, you, you understand, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. You got them, so I say you got them good sheets, man. You can't, you can't mess up those good sheets, man. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I'm with you when you're right. I'm with you when you're right. But I think that's it for us. I think we didn't, we didn't all came in. Well, came unprofit Christian, he jumped oh, in Christian. at the shower bomb, but he didn't tell which one you prefer. And, and, okay. and I'm like, y'all, if I had a rough, hot, sweaty day, yeah, I'm gonna take a shower at night. 
but I'll probably also get up and take one in the morning. I yeah. think we take more in the summertime, especially on those days when the temperature is really, really hot. Yeah. And it's high humidity. I'll, if we if we paid attention, we all do. We take an, another one because that heat wears us out. Yeah, facts, facts. Listen, <laughs> listen and, 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 and everybody don't got a six pack, so I gotta make sure no sweat begin those crevices. You know, talk what I mean? about <laughs> it, talk about it, Brandon. You telling the truth in the house? It was creases and crevices. <laughs> <my guy>. <laughs> it's the crevices for me. <laughs> All right, Prophet Creason, I'm throwing it over to you. The question of the other day was simple: When do you prefer to take a shower, at nighttime or in the morning time? What you asked me, man of God? I said, when do you prefer to take your showers? In the nighttime or in the morning? Oh, uh, whenever I feel dirty. So if that's <laughs> in the morning, in the afternoon, or the evening. So if I'm outside and I feel like I've been outside too long, I got to take another shower. But my morning showers is my wake up with Jesus. And uh, it could be an hour. But yeah, that's, that's my me time. Actually, anytime I'm in the bathroom, God seems to speak to me. My bathroom is one of my places. Uh, and um, I get lost in here. And I start to screaming and hollering and <laughs> and uh, sometimes I have, to, I have to be mindful. My wife works from home, so I have to kind of close our bedroom door so she don't kind of hear me. The sound gets a little muffled, but... In the bathroom, that's me and Jesus' time. And uh, it don't matter whether it's my morning shower, my evening shower, or if I got to sit on the throne and talk to him while I drop the kids off at the pool. Hallelujah. But anytime I'm in this bathroom, the Lord begins to speak in my ear. And uh, we just have a good time. But yeah, so that's just how it goes. Praise God. I hope heard I that. Pray. Really, sir? <laughs> drop. The kids. Now, I'm sorry. Now, Bishop Reed, <laughs> you know it's true now. Come on here. You know, when your stomach starts to burling, mm -hmm. God speaking, but you also got to sit down for a minute because you got to drop them off. Hallelujah. You got to clean. <laughs> While you clean, you I done heard it all. I done heard, heard it all. Y'all know it's true. That's why y'all laughing. Every last one of y'all know it's the truth. When you want that phone, it's the truth, and, though. It's God the truth. But I you. never put it. I never thought about it. That's the gospel truth. I never thought about it in them. In them terms, but okay, yeah, I get Started it. Told and, you. And, and, it. And, and if we all admit, uh, that's right, Christian, mother, it's another level if of anointing. We all admit, Chris, it's, it's, something about that bathroom. it's another level of anointing. I'm telling you, it's it is. It's something I don't know what it is about that bathroom. <laughs> I can be man. brushing my teeth and start the hollering. Now, man of God, now watch this. You ever been in a service and the anointing of God got so thick like nobody could move? Uh-huh. 
and it's just like real crazy. And somebody hollered, this is that bathroom kind of anointing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't you can't go outside. You got to stay in it. You might want to roll it. You might even want to sit down. Mother says she got a chair in her shower, honey. You can, sometimes you just got to sit on the edge of the tub and just cry out to God because it's that kind of anointing. I'm telling y'all. That bathroom, it's the truth, you are right. It, <laughs> that that thing, it'll mess you it's up. It's different. It's different. <laughs> I, I just had I just had to acknowledge the point. I mean, he made that statement, and I was like, "Is anybody else gonna actually say something, or is it just gonna be me?" Okay, Ava, that was good. I felt good about it. That's all. That was all. That that was amazing. <laughs> he did that. <laughs> Well, listen, uh, good morning, Miss Kim. It's time for us to go ahead and close on up out of here. But before I do, I want to make sure that y'all keep in Israel and y'all prayers. Um, I think that they were declared at war or something like that. Um, recently, I seen it on the news. So let's keep them in prayer. Um, I don't know why, but I think the Bible commands us to always be praying for Israel and something like that. So I'm going to keep them in prayer as they, you know, have been declared war on and they go in it with Syria or something like that. But y'all keep them in y'all prayers. But other than that, Pastor Charles, I'm going to throw it over to you so you can pray us on out. Bishop Designate. <laughs> Listen, let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you just for allowing us, Lord, this opportunity to just bask in your presence, to be in this place with you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for the curator, Lord, uh, Prophet Amarius, Lord. Thank you for his life, and thank you for how you've used him, oh, Lord, to just bring uh, uh, a, a commonality of the spirit here. And uh, we're just thankful, Lord. We're thankful for all that you're doing. Um, you know, just because God, you're God. And and we realize that even in the midst of all of this, Lord, you're in the, you're working. And Lord, your word is coming to pass. You told us, Lord, in Psalms 122, 6, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And you said, may they prosper who love you and love Jerusalem, that is. And Lord, we thank you that according to that word, Lord, it says pray for that peace. And so, Lord, um, we may not understand the reasoning behind it, but Lord, we recognize that, Lord, you are soon to come. You told us that there will be wars, there will be rumors of wars, and you told us, Lord, that these times would come and that Israel would be fought against and they would be in war and they would be in so many different areas of life and they've gone through things, Lord. And just, Lord, help us that we could see, Lord, the examples of Lord, by Lord, not turning to the right and to the left, looking at other gods, looking at other things, looking at uh, things that we shouldn't be looking at, Lord, in terms of trying to get peace and solace when all of that only comes from you. Lord, this day, be glorified, be magnified. Lord, help us, oh Lord, keep our eyes open that we can see, Lord, what it is that you're doing in the earth and leaving the, as the prophets, Lord, are prophesying. Lord, let them be able to really point us towards you, Lord Jesus. We thank you and we give you praise. Bless this day, God. Thank you for using, Lord, us to be able to be a, a conduit of your blessing today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hey, man. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much just for being a part of this room, being a part of this conversation. I love you guys so much. Listen, if you guys want to partner, if you guys want to connect, if you guys ever want to sew, if you guys ever have a question or a topic that you guys want us to address, feel free to click the link above to connect with us. You can go to AmariusFan.com forward slash WUWTP, Waking Up With The Prophet. And that way you can find all the episodes, all the replays. Thank God that we saved all of our replays before clubhouse updated because there are so many people who lost all of their content who lost all of their material but i thank god that we have literally over two years worth of podcasts uploaded to the working up with the profit website so make sure you guys stay connected um make sure you guys continue to partner if you love this ministry support feel free to partner with us feel free to send in your questions and we'll continue to answer them live on air on waking up with the profit remember i love you guys i'm praying for you guys i hope you have a peaceful prosperous and a productive day and i'll see you guys again tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for Waking Up With The Prophet. This room is ending in 3, 2, 1. Bye.